it is let me just check the date it is sunday night and we're back well at least i'm back two of the boys are away joe's away barry's away both had weddings i believe and i have a wedding this week which is strange they've all happened at once uh but i'm not alone this week i've instead of doing a solo cast as i've done in the past i've wrangled up one of my one of my long time buddies actually someone i know even longer than joe and barry to sit with me here and have a good old chat that's my old friend Stephen uh dunn how are you Stephen? happy to be here a uh, long time listener first time caller i suppose <laughs> yeah i think you're the first guest host we've had in decade maybe apart yeah, from scott I, obviously scott would come on yeah. but scott would never i don't think scott ever sound for a whole show i think and i've been listening since pretty much the beginning as well so yeah that that sounds about right I want to say like episode 60, maybe something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we we had um, one of our mutual friends, uh, Jack host once, and then he killed off the guest host thing for (laughs) a decade. That episode was not good. Um, Hopefully, hopefully this will be a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. So just to give people a bit of context. So we are old. I guess you'd say, I hesitate to say high school because we obviously don't use that term in Ireland, but old secondary school friends um i'd say i I was gonna say we know each other for 20 years but i guess it it wasn't exactly right away was since we're like 15 maybe yeah i'd say that like we were in the same class from the beginning but i think yeah probably a couple of years in when uh news of the mutual love of wrestling came about that was probably what did it i think yeah right but also you you're you're a big nintendo fan same as myself yeah yeah, um, a lot of commonalities came to play, and I just I look back at even before then, my formative years of secondary school, and the people I hung around with. I was like, I, I just goes. It felt like hanging around with somebody just for the sake of having someone to hang around with. We didn't really have many. Um, I won't name any names because I don't want to upset any people who might listen to this. But some of the people I was hanging around with in second year, I'm like, why? You know, I yeah, couldn't have been I, any more different. I kind of think about that too. I mean, there is some of the people like especially the, the first couple of years i kind of i don't know I, I suppose it's that those awkward teenage years where you're kind of trying to find yourself but yeah i didn't really kind of know <laughs> who or what i was um and i think i think our, our group of friends like I, I think i think particularly about when we used to play you know in, in later years where we used to play football in pe and it was just yeah. everybody that like didn't take it too seriously and you know just wanted to have a bit of fun you know so i think that was kind of that was kind of what we were we were just kind of near in betweeners i suppose in some ways you know ah yeah very much so yeah i mean we didn't really fit into any of the classic categories we're just the 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 group that was formed by the people who had no group to go to that makes us sound more like losers than we were (laughs) um i think especially towards the end we're pretty well regarded uh, in school i don't think we were we were yeah, I think so. nerds I think or geeks like, by any means but yeah like i mean we we liked we we liked music and you know we we played in the bands at the gigs and uh stuff like that played, yeah. we all yeah we the, the one live concert i ever performed that steven was on guitar uh that fateful night so when we played the Tenacious D song that I didn't learn the solo from, <laughs> kind of made up as we went along. So. I don't think that was the 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 only time I tried to convince someone to just improv a solo on the spot. I think um, 
I think I tried to get Carol Dixon to do that once as well. I think um, he would have been much more able to do it than I was. <laughs> very possibly. Carol was a friend of ours who very quickly got very good at guitar out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, good times. Um, so anyway, let's let's jump back to the present. Uh, I do have some stuff I want to talk about. It's not, not really a life guff. I mean, there's some life guff I want to bring up. But in a more general sense, um, a couple of very exciting purchases for me this week. Um, not a Xbox or, you know, the stuff that you might hear, um, that Barry might've bought on a given week, but I did buy a meat thermometer, which I'm very excited about and playing around with, uh, cause I am a man who always overcooks meat. Um, yeah, I think that's something that's quite difficult to do. That's actually <laughs> something that, uh, you know, it's, it's this is the mund- mundanity of being a grown-up. Like, that's something that I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous that you've got because I've been meaning to get for a very long time. <laughs> Just picked one. I think it was on sale on Amazon. And I got a notification or on the homepage of Amazon. Look what's on sale today. And I was like, oh. Especially not so much with steaks or whatever. For some reason, I've kind of got the timing of steaks down. But whatever I cook, I don't know, chicken, a burger, whatever. I always err on the side of caution to the point that it's it's well done. So now I have this little thing I can stick in. I have my little piece of paper that tells you a burger internally needs to be 71 degrees. And so I'm every two minutes sticking it in. It's like a nice little um nice little mini game. I will say though, sometimes I shouldn't be trusted with stuff because literally the first time I used it, I had the burger under the grill, right? Meet the barometer plugged into it and then i had i had it kind of hanging out the side you're not supposed to do that you're only supposed to take the temperature and then take it away so it's like half melted now yeah literally literally the first day i got it yeah we used to have them like i i have some experience of using them from when i worked in the restaurant and uh yeah it was very much a case of keep it somewhere keep it clean dip it in dip it out make sure the temperature is all right yeah because i guess i've seen people on youtube maybe more so with like the expensive wireless ones or whatever, but it seems like they just put it in and then cook it and keep an eye on it. So maybe I was influenced by that, but um, yeah, half melted it literally the first go. And then because I had been really proud that I'd bought it. So I was showing it off going, look what I got. And then the first time I used it, I, I melted it and I was thinking, All right, do I, do I tell people or do I throw this away and buy a new one and don't tell anybody? <laughs> Because it's quite embarrassing, you know. Is it still working? Oh, it still works. Um, it's just the outer shell of it is quite lumpy now and warped. <laughs> the the little um, digital screen on it, whatever you call it, like a calculator display, I guess it is. Uh, the very bottom line on one of the maybe in the middle of it doesn't really work. So a six just looks like a five, but it also this it also flips upside down. So you can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want yeah, to be sure, you can look at that as well way. to make sure you could see it from all angles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I must say, I made a burger with it today. Seventy-one degrees uh, Celsius is what it tells me to do. So I gave it a try, and it was very delicious. Um, so so far, so good. Only lesson learned is don't actually put the plastic thermometer in the grill. <laughs> Which now that I've said it out loud, sounds <laughs> obvious. Seems somewhat obvious, yeah. But I'm also a man who's put a fork in a microwave 
um, and who also constantly electrocutes myself with the toaster. Um, because I take the toaster out of the press by putting my hand in the oh yeah 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 where the where the to- where the bread goes, and plug it in, still holding onto it, <laughs> and get a shock from it. And yeah, if I'm doing if I'm making like uh, ice cream or whatever, I quite like the ice cream to be very soft. I don't like it like hard ice cream. So I sometimes put it in the microwave, and of course I put it in the microwave with the spoon still spoon in, the in it mug yeah. or whatever. So yeah, I I don't know how I'm still alive. Natty shouting out that I should be. <laughs> I should be long expired, <laughs> which is probably accurate. Um, I also bought, because it's Pride Month, and of course we love people of all, don't even know what the word would be, oh, we love all people on this podcast, but I did buy myself a new wrestling t-shirt, uh, because the Acclaimed have a new shirt out, and of course we love the Acclaimed on this show, with a big... Uh, scissor uh, hand and the acclaimed has have arrived on it so i want to support the boys got myself a hook and t-shirt as well oh, and because i always buy two i always buy two because postage that expensive yeah i haven't i haven't bought a wrestling shirt in a long time the last one i bought was uh at the last uh wwe house show i went to and i queued for 35 minutes to buy the monday night rollins one Seemed like a great well, we idea. Went, we went time. to <laughs> we went to the show together where Rollins' knee got injured. Wasn't that the one we were at? Uh, no, I don't think I was at that one. I oh, think we were, we were at a different one. We were at a couple. I, I remember there was one that we were at that we were we were sitting up pretty high up, and I I all I can remember yeah. from the show was Dolph Ziggler, and I can't remember any of the other matches. Seamus, I, swore, I think. Big I swore that was Rollins Kane main event one because I I I don't have been to that many WWE shows at all in the latter years. I used to go to every one in like two thousand four, two thousand five. I swear it was that one. Maybe it wasn't, but um, I remember wanting to buy a shirt at that show, and I wanted did I want a New Day T shirt specifically, or I wanted some, or maybe a a Balor shirt or something. I wanted some specific shirt thinking they'll have a good selection and then when we went they only had john cena randy orton and they weren't even on the show yeah elaine got a got an alexa bliss one as well because she was like oh yeah alexa bliss is cool never wore that was like three years ago has never worn it at all (laughs) no natty has a bailey one from uh, we went to um an nxt show which was very good that was obviously nxt as we used to know it but um no i'm very much nowadays of Support the good brothers that provide me the entertainment. Yeah. I'll buy a t-shirt here and there. So I have four AW shirts now with those two incoming. I have the CM Punk return one. And I have a Pentagon oh, yeah. and Phoenix baseball style one. And then Hookhausen and then the Acclaimed. So quite an eclectic uh, selection. But um, uh, so far so good. Also, I was at the doctor this week. Uh, I'm I'm good, everyone. Don't worry. This wasn't a to- another toaster situation or anything like that. But I bit my lip real bad. I want to say like a month and a half ago, maybe six or seven weeks ago. Because it was when we saw the Batman in the cinema. So I don't know when that oh, yeah. when the Batman yeah, came out. I, I came like out six in weeks like the middle of March. Yeah, so it was a while ago. Yeah. And I bit, we were at Five Guys and I bit my lip. And I don't know if you can see, but the swelling still hasn't gone down. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. So 
went to the doctor. I said, Doc, <laughs> I bit my lip like a month and a half ago. It's still strong. Um, doctor told me I've, li- I've literally never seen that before in my whole life. Love that. So, nice when you hear that from the doctor. Um, he was going like, I don't even know what the layers of the lip are called. I've never bothered to learn them. Um, so I've been referred anyway to a plastic surgeon. I've never never been to one of them, so I figured, you know, get it all done while I'm there. Get the Botox, <laughs> big tits. Um, Look, I, I have I have some experience of this because I a couple of years ago I I, I spent like most of yes I remember this yeah quite quite sick. So I I got uh yeah. it's, it's on my on my left cheek. I got a like I think still don't really know. They think it was like a cyst maybe that got infected yeah. repeatedly. And yeah, I got bounced around from referrals to different plastic surgeons and yes. maxofascial people and all that. And uh, eventually they uh, cut it out and then it came back anyway. And then they cut it out again and then eventually it went away. But it, it took uh, took two, four or five day hospital stays. So I hope and pray that that is not <laughs> going to be the same for you. Well, what the doctor told me, after telling me that he had never seen this before and doesn't know what the layers of the lip are called. So, you know, you know that he's, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But he said what was to happen was, because it was a bad, I've never bitten my lip as bad as I've been at this time. It was a proper wound. like. But he said it must have been so deep that it would have had to have been sutured inside. And the fact that it was never attended to, that there's it's probably still, like, open somewhere inside, never healed properly at that deep level and just healed over them on top of it and so it's not swollen it feels like almost like there's a i don't not, not like an air bulb but like maybe like a liquid bubble in it yeah so i don't know yeah well, look hopefully um, it doesn't get infected because uh that that will be bad i know at one stage mine got so bad that uh it it i had like almost like a golf ball size bump on the the like on my left I cheek. remember this was happening yeah. To you, yeah and uh it, it got so bad that it burst but it ruptured on both the inside and the outside of my mouth and at yeah. one point I had like a hole that went the whole way through so if I like took a drink it would dribble <laughs> out the side of my face so I, I want to apologize on on behalf of us now to the users to the listeners who are uh, eating their dinner as they're listening to this <laughs> um it's not, I, I would say size-wise, it's like, it's so for really I can't see it. What I have basically is like a, a sw- it looks like I got punched in the mouth. Um, and the swelling is probably the size of, I don't know, a large Tic Tac. So it's, it's raised a grape. It's, no, it's not grape size. Grape is, is overstating. Maybe, maybe half a grape or a third of a grape. But it's like raised by maybe a centimeter. And so that's what that is. And so we have a wedding to go to. Uh, next week and i've got a big big old swollen lip that i'll have to hide when there's photos being taken of that there'll be no open mouth smiling at this uh wedding unfortunately but um yeah i just figured i better go see a doc i i, I was giving it a week basically so i'll give it another week and see if it changes not at all so i went to the doctor and 50 europeans later uh referred to the old plastic surge well, wait till, wait till you hit, see what that guy charges. Yeah. <laughs> 200 probably for the uh, consultation alone yeah. to go, yeah, I yeah. need to cut that open, uh, come yeah. back. I, I hate when dentists do that because I've been to a dentist. I've probably given out about this on the podcast before, but I 
once had once maybe more than once because i drink a lot of fizzy drinks but i had definitely uh, a cavity that needed a filling and i could see like looking in the mirror i could say okay there's a little black hole in my tooth i need a film right go into the dentist all right, let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, you need a film. Uh, come back next week. All right, it's 50 euro. I said, for what? You didn't do the film yet? I could have told you I needed the film. What's, yeah. what's the... It's, it's a scam. Like I found that all the time. Like, when, when I was sick as well, it was like, you know, repeatedly I was going into the doctor and going, oh, this again. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, more uh, antibiotics. And I actually said to him, can you just give me a repeat prescription for this? Because, like you know and i know that it's happening every <laughs> six to seven weeks i can just go yeah. and skip this part and he was like no i'm not allowed to do that 60 euro every time so i'm not yeah not allowed me whole. um what else do i have oh I, I a story that popped into my mind this week um was well what happened this week was my mom's phone got stolen and that reminded me of a story of when my phone got stolen, which I'll elaborate on in a second. But she works in a charity shop that she runs, and apparently she put it down for one minute and looked away and was naive enough in a, not a public space, but, you know, and anyone can walk in, leave your phone down there and walk off in the other direction for 10 minutes and come back and expect it to still be there, maybe a little bit naive. But she was just saying, like, the day before, she wanted a new phone anyway, so it kind of worked out. But I remember once where I, I misplaced my phone. It wasn't actually stolen, but I thought it was stolen because all the usual places I would put it wasn't there. I don't even remember. It's so long ago, I don't even remember where it ended up being. This was like when we were in school days. So we're talking maybe 15 years ago. But for some reason, when her phone got stolen, this story popped into my head. And it's quite, it's quite sweet in a way. But I remember, I think I must have said to my parents... I think my phone's been stolen um, because I, I suddenly didn't have a phone and they needed to know that they wouldn't be able to contact me, etc. cetera. Um, obviously, phone turned up eventually. Maybe two weeks later, I found the phone. I don't remember where it was or, or any of the points of that story. Not super important. But anyway, in the, in the meantime, what happened was because I told them it was stolen, they didn't understand that there was a possibility that it was missing rather than stolen. Because I, fu- I fully believed it was stolen. And my dad sent some texts to the phone to the person who had stolen the phone, which obviously there wasn't really a person. But it was very like, you know, if you don't give this phone back, we're going to go to the guards. And then getting even more aggressive than that, let's say. I don't remember I, what exactly. I've met text. your father, and that, uh, he's, yeah, that is he's nice. yeah, that's surprising to me. <laughs> but it, like, I, I don't remember the exact wording, but in my head, it was something like, <laughs> fucking give this phone back or fucking cut you <laughs> <Something> like that <laughs> and then i found the phone and found the messages on it <laughs> and i was I, I, looking back it was nice for him to do that you know to send those messages but um ultimately there was no there was no robber or or thief to, to find that on the other side um and then my last thing for this week i was this is a very erratic life go for kind of jumping around here but um Obviously, I have my subscription now for the uh, the, the wrestling magazine. First time I've had a, a wrestling magazine subscription since. Well, actually, I never had a subscription, but I used to buy it monthly. Right, we're talking twenty ten, maybe twenty eleven. So more than more than a decade, um, and it's great. It's really nice to be back into reading it uh, and enjoying 
the feeling of nostalgia that that brings uh, with it. Magazine itself is very good on its own. Toofy, I recommend again Inside the Ropes magazine for anyone listening. A damn fine read. Definitely a uh, a very well worth successor to Power Slam. But I also bought myself uh, a copy of Total Film when I bought that wrestling magazine. And having read the Inside the Ropes, I'm now reading the Total Film. And it's it's <laughs> it's funny how different Total Film is, even conceptually as a magazine. It's very much puff piece after puff piece, interview with the stars. Tell us about Kenobi and McGregor. Oh, it's going to be such a thrill to get back into the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there's no, like, thought pieces or editorials about the industry. It's all... I don't know if you've heard about this, lads, but Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness is such a caper. And here we speak with star of the film, Elizabeth Olsen, and your man with the beard. And I just like even flicking through it, I'm looking through the article going, is there anything of any substance here? Because like I said, Inside the Ropes, there's like a six-page editorial on like inclusivity in wrestling and going back even to like Nazi Germany and stuff like that. And I'm reading Telefilm and it's just puff piece after puff piece and four-star review after four-star review. I don't know if people realize this. Telefilm only give four-star reviews, no matter whether a film's good, whether a film's bad. There's like a 90% chance Total Film are going to give it a four-star review. Um, so I don't think I'll be continuing with Total Film, unfortunately. I, I think back to, like, I, I did journalism for, for my undergrad and then, um, you know, never worked in the industry bar, bar like six months for a work placement. But I, I, was, I was turned on to the industry because uh, during my teenage years, a friend of mine, uh, his dad um, was that kind of a journalist now he did it he i think he wrote a lot of stuff for hot press and for right uh the the ticket that used to be in the irish times so he did a lot of yeah the, yeah the I, I still read the irish times to this day yeah and like i remember being over in the house and uh him coming in and being like oh yeah i just got back from la i was doing an interview with Halle berry and then another day he was like oh i saw you were wearing that kurt cobain t-shirt here they sent me two copies of the kurt cobain journals here i'll give you one and oh, I just got off the phone with Slash from Guns N' Roses, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this sounds yeah. like the greatest job ever!" And then uh, went and did journalism for for college. Found out uh, vast majority of it is uh, write up this PR piece that someone else has paid for, <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, that was as far as I went with it. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's what that's what appeals to me though about Inside the Ropes and. This started to sound like a sponsored bit, which it isn't. I just reaffirm that for everybody listening. But there's nothing in it. Well, there was one actually. <laughs> I'm going to contra- contradict myself immediately. There was a bit where they're like, we interviewed the 2K folks with their new video game, WWE 2K, and all the rest of it, uh, which is very, very puff PC. But like the meat of the magazine is here's our reviews of these shows, here's our thoughts on what's happening, here's our article on. I assume next month will be like an article on the MGF situation and blah, 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 blah. Much more interesting than Total Film. Unfortunately, I'll, I'll be giving that a miss. Uh, yeah, and I'll never buy a copy of it again. I, I went to uh, I went to one of the Inside the Rope shows in, in Vicar Street uh, with Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah. I don't know. It must be four or five years ago at this stage. But um, 
yeah, it was fantastic. It, like it was, it was really, really good. They did, uh, you know, did it in kind of three or four different stages where he looked at all the different times he had reinvented himself, different phases of, of his career. Yeah. And, uh, it was it was really really good. Definitely uh, something that I I I'd go again. You know they 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 managed this and and, and you know allowed him to speak, but then still also asked him you know some of the more difficult questions without it going too far the wrong way. You know yeah, um, like a hit piece. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to one of those shows myself. The uh, whatever the, the the more interview style um yeah i think God, it, was one, I, I, it was one quite recently I, I can't remember who it was that was here but i i saw someone that had, had been to it um within the last six months or so there was someone quite high profile here as well can't remember mm-hmm. who it was now i don't know um long time since i've been to any kind of wrestling event unfortunately <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's her life, Guff. Is there anything? Obviously, you've had a uh, an interesting week as well. Is there anything <laughs> yeah. else that you'd like to bring up for life? Um, for us? Well, look, yeah, look. I, I suppose you're talking you're talking about having having a wedding coming up. Uh, I yeah. also have a wedding coming up this week. Um, but uh, I, you know, in the last couple of months, I had my own wedding. Um, and then yeah. uh, in the last week or so, um, we we were in. Uh, Went went to the hospital and we had a uh, had a scan because my wife is now thirteen weeks pregnant. So we're yeah, look, we're, we're over the moon about it. It's it's one of those things that uh, we almost uh, almost exactly a year ago um, lost lost a baby around the same kind of point. So um, yeah. to be in the situation where everything seems uh, like it's going the right way, it's it's really really exciting. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, knock on wood. I'll be hoping for you and thinking for, about you quite often, I think, it. over the next few months. Keep an eye on the socials. Just make sure everything's yeah. going well. Um, yeah, definitely you guys deserve all the best things. So I hope that that will um, come good. Yeah, hopefully. It's due around Christmas, so that'd be a nice... Christmas baby. Present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Natalia's brother, his birthday is on Christmas Day. Um... So I don't know if there'll be a similar a similar day. And of course, Natalia's name means Christmas. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we're actually going to the wedding. It's it's her other brother, not the Christmas one. Uh, he's getting married on when? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, okay. uh, we're going to one on Thursday. Not the same one, but yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be bad if it was the same one? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just um, at that age now, though. Like, I mean, I, I've had had mine. I have this one, and I think I've two more this year. It's just like everyone's yeah. really at that point that everybody's just getting married now. Yeah, I think we, you know, we'll have someday <laughs> that'll happen. Not to put the pressure um, on, yeah. No pressure. Um, no, I, I've, I, we, we, we've obviously talked and said, look. Obviously, the house is our is our priority at the moment, and yeah, everything's well, look, going to the house. I, I know we we've spoken about this previously that like yeah. you know we we haven't we we did it the other way around because the house is so far off. So yeah. you know, yeah, and that's the problem is in terms of even where we are, it's like the finishing line keeps getting moved, yeah, further away. You know, um, I sent an email to a mortgage 
advisor or whatever. And they were like, okay, here's what you need. Bang, 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 bang. So I started a new job. Oh, yeah, which you need six months, right? Fucking killing my Twitch stream dead. <laughs> um, when was this? Uh, November, start of November. So I'm, I'm, I'm more than six months. But then Natty runs her own business and has done since just before the pandemic started. Okay, you need a certain number of tax years in which you filed your taxes. Yeah, it's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, but like savings wise, we're doing really well. Um, it's just like, a, you know, <laughs> my mother sent me, uh, must be a month ago now at this stage, a little house in um, Maynooth was up on daft.ie and it was going for like 350, 360,000. And I was like, well, ideally we'd be looking at something slightly cheaper than that. I know that's a mad thing to say in, in, in today's uh, environment. Like I, I, I've said I'd go fucking live in Roscommon, go live in Leitrim. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'll live anywhere. It's, yeah, it's the parents of both of us who are like, you can't live that far away. If I'll live anywhere. remotely, it doesn't really matter. It's really matter. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about it, and I was like, well, you know, I, I'd ideally be looking for something closer to the 300 than the 350. But um, that house ended up going for 510 anyway. Jesus. <laughs> so it was a moot point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Elaine works in that industry, and uh, you know she she has said that quite quite regularly. Um, they they had one recently that went on the market for four forty and went for five forty five, like more than half a million. And it's not a big house, you know. Yeah, so, it's crazy. Yeah, it seems like as everything goes up, the one thing that doesn't is uh, salaries. <laughs> the thing that. that should be the capitalist yeah. for everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's weird because I even I don't make a huge amount of money, but um, I do all right. But I I was looking on a I think it was my, I don't know if it was Ireland, but it was certainly some kind of Reddit thread about what wages are people on. It was like people anon- anonymously posting like. I make more. I make more money than ninety percent of the people posting on the thread, and I would consider that I, I don't make that much money. Yeah, I, I've yeah. kind of found that. Like when when you know, I changed jobs in the last couple of months and kind of got got a significant increase. And uh, you know, it it's been life changing for me, but is still mm-hmm. nowhere near enough for us to get a house. You know, and like, yeah. and and yeah, and again, it's it's more than the average industrial wage is or whatever so yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer to that is like I, i'm just hoping that you know being that I'm, I'm i'm working in in tech company now like they they tell me hit your targets for this amount of time another big raise hit your targets for this amount of time yeah. after that and you're promoted again so like hopefully hopefully that happens but uh i don't know it's uh it means like 18 months of really really grinding to possibly get there and then in that same amount of time the houses will go up another hundred thousand anyway so it won't make any difference yeah well if we're on the precipice of some sort of bubble burst that might not be the worst thing in the world yeah yeah Um, that's true i I suppose that the 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 fear with that is that like the last time that happened there was tons of houses but this time there's none so like you know i don't know what's going to happen with that then how they're going to get them all built maybe we'll get lucky get another pandemic kill a lot of people <laughs> free up some of them houses. this monkey pox one is going to take over yeah 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 um speaking of listen to a bit of music this week 
new release, the new Liam Gallagher one. He's got oh, a new one. Oh, I've, I've seen a lot about this. I haven't listened to it. I think he was uh, playing Nebworth this week, so he was all over he the place did, because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? Yeah. I think this actually came out the week before. I don't think this was actually a this week release, but I I saw it last week. I listened to the Licky Lee one last week, and I really enjoyed that one. And I had Liam Gallagher as my second one, so I listened to that this week, so I didn't have to pick out a new one. Um, I tell you what, Liam Gallagher is an interesting, an interesting cat. His because I I let me just set the table first. I was a huge fan of Oasis first couple albums in fact was a story morning glory i think was the first album i ever owned i think i got yeah, those those first two albums like definitely maybe and that are, are fantastic yeah so i have a huge 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 fondness and maybe partially spawned by nostalgia or, or my fondness as, as a kid or whatever but certainly was story morning glory. i even like be here now despite its many issues um what i will say about liam Gallagher is that his his voice has changed significantly since those days in that it sounds uh, smoother, less abrasive, uh, and yet more annoying and nasally than ever. So first track comes on and I think, okay, so his, his he doesn't quite have the the raspy throat sound. It's, it's a much more of a smoother sound, but it's also way up here in the sinuses. And it's it's tough to listen to for a long time. Um, album wise, I think it's it's very listenable. I'll say it doesn't sound at all like Oasis. It doesn't even sound like a Liam Gallagher album, whatever that means. I've never listened to one of his prior albums, but it doesn't sound like the kind of album that Liam Gallagher would write. Yeah, it definitely sounds like an album written by committee. Here's well, your fucking. Actually, I think that uh, I think. On that, I think that he did like collaborate with a ton of other songwriters. Now, there are. I, there's Dave Grohl is on yeah, co-writing yeah. the tracks. Um, I think all the tracks are co-written with at least one guy. There's one guy who co-wrote the whole album, and then there are other collaborators on other songs, and it definitely feels like that. It doesn't have the um, arrogance and swagger you might think a Liam Gallagher album would have it's very to be honest it sounds more like what I would picture in my head a Noel Gallagher album would sound like I don't I don't listen to High Flying Birds either but I would say I would imagine it's kind of aping off their style a little bit ironically since he wants to get Oasis back together um but yeah there's definitely a handful of good songs on it or at least very listenable songs on it um the one that was co-written with Dave Grohl. I think it's called Everything's Electric. I'll have to check that out. I I haven't listened to anything that he has done in, I don't know, like, I I, I think I I briefly heard some of the BDI stuff early on, but... uh, Yeah, there was one single BDI put out. It was was called Something of Glass. I forget the single, but I thought it was was pretty catchy. Um, But yeah, I I haven't been following the, the Gallagher brothers much musically at least since like be here now uh everything's electric is indeed the dave Grohl one uh that's one of the better tracks in the album also diamond in the dark track two very good uh and 
Moscow Rules is also a really good one. Uh, that's co-written uh, with Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend, okay. who I don't like, but that that is one of the better songs on the album. Um, so yeah, it, it was my first listen. I was a bit sniffy about it, and then on second and third listens, I kind of came around to it slowly but surely. But it's still an album with like zero identity it's not a it's not an album you hear and go this is what Liam Gallagher is about that's it's really almost interesting. As if- like when you consider like his you know his whole image was based around yeah. him Fuck and his swagger know. yeah rather yeah. than his actual talents because he- I think for a very long time he was considered the least talented one of the whole <laughs> band you know yeah, I mean, but when you when you even watch back, like Nebworth, not his recent one, but the classic one. Yeah, he, like he's, he's a decent singer. He has a very unique uh, sound and style. That that's one thing I like uh, about specific singers is ones who don't just sound like everyone else in the career yeah. belt. You know, yeah. um, which is the funniest thing when when you see on Instagram or or YouTube or TikTok or whatever. Here's the next big fucking star, and it's just a post Malone clone or it's just another Adele <laughs> you know well I like I even like a singer who sounds worse but who sounds different you know yeah well look I suppose speaking on that I actually this week um I had I went to a went to a concert um on I think it was on Monday um artist called Teddy Swims um mm. he, he was playing in the academy in in Dublin so it was, you know small show I think nice. he did two nights but a small show about uh about, about 400 people I suppose um yeah. but yeah look look you can you can you can google a picture of him and then just remind me when you just said that uh, post Malone clone he uh yeah. very much of that look you know rag and bone man post I was gonna tattoos, say he's like rag and bone uh, man with mixed with post- tattoos post- on his on, on his face and that kind of thing but uh, so I didn't really know what to expect. I, I only knew one of his songs um, because it was actually I'm only uh, human. <laughs> it was actually the the song that we used for our first dance at our wedding. And oh. apparently how uh, Teddy Swims has become popular was because he, he you know, he uploaded to, to Instagram um covers that he was doing of, you know, famous pop songs done with a, kind of a, a different different spin. Um, yeah. so the the one that we uh we and I think this is the one that kind of got him most famous is uh you're still the one by Shania Twain and uh, yeah. he does a really Good really track. cool yeah and this is a really cool cool <laughs> cover of it and like you know it, it's modernized and he's a he's a very very strong singer um and then yeah he he uh, played played a few covers and then a lot of his own songs and uh you know it's it's just uh it's 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 pop with a bit of kind of r&b and a little bit of uh mm. hip-hop influence in it but uh really kind of positive message to all this stuff he's uh you know his, his whole set he was in between songs he was saying so happy to be here playing uh with my best friends and just just really enjoying it <laughs> which was a yeah. really really nice thing to kind of see um incredible musicians in the band as well um yeah like absolute virtuoso players just like uh you know play, playing along songs that are only you know your basic four or five chords and then yeah. ripping crazy solos out of nowhere as well so uh i was i was impressed <laughs> with a lot of that it was really really good teddy swims, checking yeah. Out. yeah yeah right. if he if he put, brings out a 2022 album i might need to give him a give him a look um 
What else? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm still coming to the end of my Beatles listen through of their whole discography. Hit, hit, got two out this week. Uh, the soundtrack to Yellow Submarine uh, is the first one. So I can't yeah. imagine that was uh, too great. Ooh, let's let's go through the thought process on that one. We we'll take the Beatles' maybe shittest ever song and make a film based around the concept of so yellow submarine it was obviously originally off um revolver i think uh what a what a what a piece of shit that's <laughs> yeah and then weirdly enough the the album which is useless um is 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 similar to um the magical mystery tour soundtrack i think they're the only two movie soundtrack albums that are considered part of the like beatles canon or to what people consider as like their real albums. Uh, whereas Magical Mystery Tour is is a, a, a side A and a side B, where the side B is like a compilation of singles that were released that were never associated with a specific album. And those singles are really good. So like Petty Lane and like great stuff like that. Here, the side B is just like the score from the film that wasn't even done by the Beatles. It's just some composer. So did this album this so did the the film and this album then subsequently came out several years after it was featured on Revolver? I think it was two years later, yeah. Oh, I never knew that. That's a very strange yeah. decision. Very strange. Um so it's it's completely worthless. I mean I, I don't think does did they even mark a track liked on it, I'm not sure. But I would say if you're if anyone's out there is doing a Beatles listen through, skip Yellow Submarine, go straight to Abbey Road. Because Yellow Submarine might be the worst of the entire bunch. Um, not a single redeeming track. And then even the score stuff is very road by the numbers film score stuff. Oh, there's a scene where they're being chased. And then listen to Abbey Road. Uh, which is the best album, <laughs> the best album <laughs> the Beatles put out. I was for the longest time, you know, people would say, what's the best Beatles album, Abbey Road? I'd say, no, actually, it's not Abbey Road. The best Beatles album is Revolver or Rubber Soul. No, Abbey, Abbey Road is the best Beatles album, it turns out, actually. Um, especially, like, Side A is just banger after banger after banger. Some of the best stuff they've ever done. In fact, um, Give us a quick rundown there, what's on it. Quick rundown of what's on Abbey Road. I was going to say, in fact, one of the tracks on there, I think, I haven't quite, I haven't hit Let It Be yet, which is the final one, even though Let It Be, I think, was recorded before Abbey Road. Um, I think in my top three Beatles songs, having listened to now all, or excuse me, having listened to all the albums, as I will once I hit Let It, Let it Be, I think the three best Beatles songs are uh, Michelle, Off Rubber Soul, while my guitar gently weeps, uh, is that off the White Album? I think, and then off uh, Abbey Road, another George Harrison track, the best Beatle, if you ask me. Uh, Here comes the sun, which is fucking great, great uh, little keyboard solo on that one. Uh, anyway, Abbey Road, uh, come together, something, Maxwell Silverhammer. That's maybe the one bad bit on it. Uh, oh, darling, Octopus's Garden, which I unironically enjoy. I want you, she's so heavy. Here comes the sun, because. And then you have a, it finishes with like a 16 minute medley of stuff like you never give me your money, carry that weight, the end. A lot of good stuff on it. Yeah, that sounds Maxwell Silverhammer is a funny one because obviously that's covered in the 
documentary they put out this year, um, Get Back. And Paul McCartney's obsession with this fucking clang, clang, Maxwell Silverhammer. Um, I think musically it's, it's actually all right, but the lyrics are absolutely deplorable. I don't know what McCartney's obsession with um, telling like little funny stories about all the, all the characters in it. They all have names. Julie went down to the shop that day. Talked to the shopkeeper. What did she say? But, but like stuff like that. It's, it's, it's very odd. Um, especially when it's like literally between something and Oh Darling, which are both like classics. Um, something which is another George Harrison one, which is George Harrison is a pretty good record when it comes. Yeah, to I, I think he he probably doesn't get as as much recognition. Like everybody always talks about the, the classic pairing of Lennon and McCartney, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think on number of hits, you know, the Harrison <laughs> ones are all very strong. While my guitar gently weeps is probably my favorite one. As is well. is my? Is, I think that's my yeah, favorite one as well. Classic. So like you have that, and you have "Here Comes the Sun," are I think two of the best Beatles songs, and both are George Harrison. Um. And I know Harrison does lead vocals on Here Comes the Sun. I'm not sure if he does on Well My Guitar. I think that might be Paul McCartney who sings that one. Um, yeah, I think it is. Clapton does the guitar on it as well. So. Yeah. And one thing that I do know about Abbey Road, though, that stood out to me more so than any of the prior albums is that Paul McCartney's bass playing is, is really kind of front and center on it. Um, Almost like... You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers will bring out an album where it's like, this is the album where John is really, you yeah. know, taking, making his stand. Abbey Road is very much a Paul McCartney bass album uh, at its core. And you'll just, you'll be listening to a song like, obviously Come Together is the one that has the very famous bum, bum, but even something like, you know, I Want You, She's So Heavy, Here Comes the Sun. The, the bass is really the the key instrument in those songs. Really interesting to listen back to with a good expensive pair of headphones and really enjoy it. So yeah, the uh, we really hit the, the highs and the lows of the Beatles there. Um, highly recommend Abbey Road. Kind of recommend Liam Gallagher's one if you find it's like very poppy, nothingy album. Uh, and avoid Yellow Submarine like the plague. Um, I don't have much in the way of telly this week. Obviously, still watching RuPaul's Drag Race, which is an absolute joy. Um, but tell us about a show that you've been watching. Yeah, so um, I have been watching the new Stranger Things. So we're on Stranger Things Volume Four, um, but it's it's Volume Four Part One. Um, it's not yeah. the final thing. Um, have you watched the previous three seasons? No, we we watched the first season, and although I quite enjoyed it. I never felt compelled to go back for more. I felt like yeah. I got my fill of that kind of thing. And also I, I feel like very quickly afterwards, eighties nostalgia was just everywhere. Yeah. And so the thing that made stranger things kind of unique in that aspect was kind of cannibalized by everything else that's on the market. Yeah. Well, what I would say with this is that I, I think the, the way that, you know, Netflix have formatted all of their, um homegrown shows that you know they, they make it so that you binge the entire thing in a day and yeah. i found with this coming into it like i i was i was looking forward to it but then i, I kind of found myself not really remembering all of what had happened in sure. season three because i don't know it's like probably nearly two years ago at this stage and i i didn't watch it back 
of between now and then. And, um, you know, so I was kind of a bit confused by a few bits and pieces of it. But, you know, it's it's kind of some different aspects to it now that, um, you know, it, it's essentially kind of like a, a different different villain for, for, for this, this season. Sure. Um, but what they have done is they have made every episode so fucking long so they're like 75 minutes yeah yeah and like i i had a look back at this because i i didn't think this was the case before and i looked at you know the first season there's one that's like an hour and five minutes and most of them are 50 ish kind of minutes and then you know they've been slowly kind of growing throughout it but yeah they're all an hour 15 an hour 20 minutes the last one of this part of the season was an hour 38 and apparently the next part um, that's coming the start of July. The reason it didn't all drop as once at once is because it wasn't finished because it's two <laughs> feature lengths. So yeah. there's going to be two more episodes that are probably going to clock in at close to five hours between them. Um, which, like Jesus, that's madness. Like just split it up into a couple more episodes. You know, I'm sure you can find a point that you can just go. All right, we'll stop it there. You know. Um, and like and it is it, it's 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 good i'm i'm enjoying it i i like i i i find it quite compelling now like elena said she's she's not that pushed on on watching the rest of it because just too long like you know she like and i'm happy to try and watch two episodes at, at once but then yeah. yeah like that's that's three hours you're putting away for it you know and that's that's your whole evening you know you finished work and you come home and you get put on that for three hours and then it's time to go to bed so uh yeah i don't know it's a weird way of uh them doing it i suppose it's probably all around that you know getting the numbers in that they have a ton of people have have binged all of it and look how much they've watched in in this short amount of time since it's dropped but uh yeah, I think for me, I, I prefer it were a little bit shorter. Um, I, I don't really have that. And it's the same when it comes to movies as well. I don't have that attention span for, you know, these epics to be dropping. And that's <laughs> kind of, for, for me, that's kind of what I preferred about the TV shows, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's worth a watch. Um, I would say if you were going to do it, try and watch the like get caught up first because it probably won't make a whole lot of sense um if you don't mm-hmm. but uh yeah then you are looking at investing you know 25 hours between now and the first july if you want to be there in time for the drop of the season four finale yeah i mean that's the thing with netflix right is that their whole model and which is floundering a bit at the moment is was based on like binge watch this content getting your eyes immediately and so it feels like that's informed a little bit the structuring of the shows it's like if someone's watching an episode back to back to back it doesn't matter where it starts or where it ends uh, i've never enjoyed and natty will attest to this much to her own annoyance i i can't binge watch I, I i watch an episode of a show and i'm like right i need to absorb this now <laughs> for a week and think about it um so you know, I, I, I don't think there, there are certain shows where that length kind of works. I think, you know, your HBO premium shows tend to be in and around an hour long per episode. Um, and actually, we watched a few episodes uh, like, again, go back to Drag Race, but Drag Race episodes are typically an hour long. And then Untucked, which is the supplementary show, is like 20 minutes. And now I watch a show for 20 minutes and it's like over immediately. 
It feels crazy, yeah. crazy quick now. Um, but I, I, I always appreciated the network TV forty-two minute. Yeah, in and out feels perfect. But um, I also actually even think with with that, like e- e- even if you know if you watch it on on TV and you have the like obviously nobody enjoys the ads but having that opportunity to get up and go for a piss or get a drink or something like that like it breaks yeah. it up for you rather than sitting there for hours at a time because if i'm going to be sitting hours at a time like that's what i go to the cinema for you know yeah. i find it very very hard to do that for a long time sitting at home true i think though with with netflix like yeah, I don't know why we're still paying for Netflix other than Stranger Things. I can't think of anything I've watched really on Netflix in in, in quite a while. Like you know, no. just flicking through it the last couple of days, and very little that I have any interest in on there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It feels like a lot of the other streaming services are moving towards the weekly drop. Um, I think the thing with Netflix, not only in terms of the attention span of the viewers but one thing that netflix suffers from in that regard as well is the the water cooler talk let's say um stranger things comes out on x date people the the following monday oh do you see stranger things and then it's over like it doesn't continue weeks from there something like severance on apple tv which i I know people have been crazy about i quite liked I, i don't think i liked it to the extent that a lot of people did for me, like a, a, a strong like eight out of ten, but that was something that I would see constantly, episode by episode. There'd be a, a whole new conversation about every time, and that takes me back to your days of Game of Thrones. Before that, Breaking Bad. Before that, Lost. It was the the ongoing conversation about it, episode by episode. What's going to happen this week? What's wh- 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 how are they going to pay this off? And when you get it in one bulk drop, when they shit it out in front of you and go, "There you go." eat it um you know that conversation only happens once and then is over for a year yeah you know? that's it you have to be you have to be in on it within that week or else you don't care and you're never going to catch up you know that's yeah that's definitely a problem for it yeah and so for even for someone like me who i'm very slow to watch stuff anyway but let's say that i just missed let's say i was caught up with strange things and i just missed this one because the conversation isn't there to hook you in or to make you feel like you need to watch it i can very easily miss something and then that, that has a domino effect where i just never go back to it and that's starting to happen with um the disney series now as well like i, I think i finally hit a wall with your mcu and your star wars and all of it because i missed the eternals I'll find it, like, I didn't see it in the cinema, I still haven't watched Eternals. I'll find it very hard to find myself in a mood to sit down and stick on the Eternals at home for two and a half hours. And because I haven't seen the Eternals, even if it doesn't necessarily lead onto it, it removes that completionist sense that it would have had that to make me want to then see Doctor Strange 2, which I also still haven't seen. And because of that, I started watching Moon Knight and immediately gave up on it. Not because it was horrible, because it wasn't. I think we were pretty positive in that first episode, but I never, I didn't have the inclination to go back and watch it. And then that is now spinning over into the Star Wars things. I watched even Book of Boba Fett, watched all of that. I really have no interest to watch Obi Wan. Um, and in a sense, it's nice to have that freeing feeling of, oh, now I can just watch what I want to watch rather than have to watch something because you've put 
years of your life into it. Yeah, well, I, I think with with the MCU, I I got lost way back. I got lost uh, as as far back as uh, I think it was Age of Ultron was the last one I saw in the theater. Yeah. And then you know I, I have been for since Disney Plus has been available. I've been you know planning on getting around to catching up and you know thinking oh well if i watch one a week for the next year at this stage i'll, I'll be there <laughs> but um yeah. yeah i i just can't i can't bring myself to it. and i think a bit again a big part of that is because they're all two and a half hours long like i, I find that i actually you know today i, I actually watched deadpool today and yeah. I, I think that that's only an hour and 40 and when it was getting to the end, I was just waiting for that part where they go, oh, that's not actually the end. Here's act three. And it didn't yeah. come. And I was so happy with that. Do you know, like <laughs> I, I would not have been able for another 45 minutes of it. I just think that, yeah, yeah it's too long. I can't do it. Yeah, I was happy when Deadpool ended too, but for different reasons. Um, <laughs> speaking of movies, that's a bloody good segue. Um, I've watched uh, four movies this week. All of which were like an hour and a half long, and no longer than that. Um, speaking of the cinema, I'll be going to the cinema tomorrow to see Tom Cruise prove how young he is by flying <laughs> a plane around like a mad lad um, in the new Top Gun movie. Uh, but wait a second, I've never seen the original Top Gun. Well, now I have. Uh, I finished watching it yesterday. I don't know if you've seen Top Gun. Yeah, fantastic. Um, big, big uh, fan of the music as well. Great. Yeah, um, a, a film I've, ever since I watched it, I've been constantly referring to as Top Gear, by mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing that stands out about Top Gun, I thought Top Gun was pretty good. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's quite a simple movie at, at its core, but I think it, it, in an effective way. I think this, the, the thing that stands out about it the most, I, I think this, I've heard this is like a Tony Scott thing. I haven't seen enough Tony Scott films to comment on whether that's right or not. I think I've only seen True Romance and one other one. Um, I think Tony Scott is definitely a director that I, I need to see more of his films because there, there's definitely some, there's definitely some um, glaring omissions there. So I've seen Top Gun, True Romance. Oh, that's it, I think. I'm just gonna have a look. No, I've, see, I don't I, know if I've seen any. Of I've seen Enemy one. of the State as well. I haven't seen stuff like um, Last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide. I didn't need to watch Crimson Tide. That's um, Denzel and Gene Hackman, I think. Uh, Man on Fire, Denzel. There's a lot of Denzel films here. Deja Vu, Taking of Pelham, One, Two, Three, and Unstoppable, which was his his final movie. Apparently, one of his best. I actually bought that on DVD the other week. I need to give that a spin as well. But um, to get to my point. The thing that Tony Scott does a lot is rather than using a conventional movie score to bring in like recurring motifs, like, you know, in Star Wars, for example, you have like your Luke's theme, your Leia's theme that will come in during a scene to, you know, here he uses absolute banging contemporary singles for that. So you will have Berlin's um, Take Your Breath Away will come in just as like background music for a scene and then five minutes later it'll just start happening again yeah yeah and it's <laughs> and you'll have uh, yeah you have like danger zone coming in five times in a 15 yeah. minute period and every time it works every time it's great 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 music um 
it's it's definitely feels like I, I think this is one of his first films uh certainly within his first like three or four and it definitely has that kind of rough around the edges feel where he's like fuck it we'll just play danger zone again because it's great and it worked the first time um Tom Cruise, I thought was very good, and although there were there were parts where I wondered what the film would be like with Val Kilmer in the Tom Cruise role and vice versa. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise, for certain parts of where he's like chatting up Kelly McGillis's character, feels he's like a little bit a little bit too nerdy for me to properly buy into it. Whereas if Val Kilmer was playing that role, I think that might work better. Although I understand why Val Kilmer needs to be that way for his role to work, so it's a bit of a contradiction. Um. The the dogfight stuff all looks great, all really well directed. Um, like I said, the themes of you can't do it alone, live together, die alone, da, 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 and then never leave your wingman. Like that's that stuff is all handled ha- uh, handled very simply and like very predictably in a sense. But then when it pays off in the predictable way, you still kind of appreciate it. Nevertheless, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's very of its time. It's very eighties. The um, the hair is all over the place. Meg Ryan shows up at one point with the maddest hair you'll ever see. Um, but I think performances across the board are very good. Good to see Michael Ironside in it as well. Um, and great music. Obviously, the music is is kind of its legacy now. Those two huge hits that spawned uh, from it. Yeah, like uh, to me, that's the that those are the bits. You know, those montages and stuff. That that's what sticks in my head you know and yeah. i mean it's been it's been copied and it's been satirized everywhere ever since yeah. um do you know is this new one is that was that delayed massively due to covid or was this due to come Ooh. out a long time ago um because i feel like i've been seeing it advertised uh our, our, our <laughs> local cinema has like the the cutout for it and i feel like it's there two years I'm looking it up now. So it was initially scheduled for release on July 12, 2019. Okay. Delayed first by efforts to shoot several complex action sequences and then by the COVID-19 pandemic. So yeah, it seems like it was. Um, I'm interested this, especially to see some of the returning faces. Uh, Val Kilmer more, more than anybody. Because Val Kilmer, uh, unfortunately, has does he have throat cancer or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he was very sick, yeah very i know there was a documentary came out last year val i think it might have just been called about you know his uh his illness uh but i think his his voice and his how he looks and everything is very affected by that so it would be nice to see him certainly for him to be like asked back uh i think it was pretty uh pretty rude of them to not ask kenny kelly mcgillis back she was a pretty big part of that first film there's like a Kelly McGillis, that's the same one that was in uh, Witness, isn't it? That it is. Yeah. She was also in Peter Weir's Witness. Yeah, mm. she. Uh, I don't remember her character's name. Um, you've never had your hand on a tit, John Booker. <laughs> 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 I do. I do enjoy Witness. Witness is a very good. One. Yeah, she was in Witness. You're absolutely right on that. Um, I was mixing her up in my head as well with um, the one from. Uh, what's the f- name of the fucking movie with Danny DeVito and Michael Douglas? The one's like an Indiana Jones duel, something of the. Oh, I need to look it up now. Um, it's a different actress anyway. It's not her in it. Um, what's the name of that movie? Hang on, Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas. 
Jewel of the Nile. That's what I was thinking. Oh, of. yeah. Uh, there's another actress in that who is not Kelly McGillis. Um, it is... What's your name, m'lady? Kathleen Turner. I mix oh, her yeah. Kathleen yeah, Turner. yeah. Okay. I think they look pretty, they look pretty similar back then, but they are not the same actress, I'm afraid to say. But yeah, I would recommend Top Gun. I think it's a good, a good simple watch. It won't challenge the old brain too much, but it's uh, it's very enjoyable. Uh, and not two hours twenty one minutes, which is the the thing I appreciated about it the most. Uh, also, watch some Wes Anderson films. I'm a big Wes Anderson guy, as you might know. Uh, Watched three of his movies uh, this week, which I I own on various media. Uh, we watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I previously was very big on. I think it's probably not as good as I initially thought it was, um, but it's still nevertheless very fun. Good, I think good the cast. animation in it is 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 really cool. I think it looks uh, it looks very impressive. It's very kind of striking kind of way it's done. Um, yeah, yeah. I like stop motion generally a lot, and that one is done really well. Um, it definitely feels like it Americanizes a little bit the Roald Dahl original. Um, That's a very short book, though, isn't it? Isn't it only about? It like, is one of the, one of the little like, ones. Yeah, yeah. It is very good, um, but like I said, I think I had it like a nine out of ten originally. I don't think it's quite quite that good. I think it's one of one of his weaker ones overall. I might have it in like the bottom three or so of, of his movies but that's that speaks more to how good the rest of his movies are rather than that that movie is like anything approaching bad uh, i watched isle of dogs which is a 2019 one i think 2018 2019 another stop motion one uh, about a japanese boy who gets uh flies out to a, a trash island where uh, all of his city's dogs have been sent because of a, a, a dog related pandemic um, he goes to rescue his dog, and it's a really nice one. Uh, great cast again. Um, you got Goldblum, Murray, Brian Cranston in the lead. Brian Cranston's obviously with his voice alone is is better than most actors are on screen. Uh, that's a that's a really really strong film. Very very funny as well. And then we finished up with my favorite Wes Anderson film, it's the Darjeeling Limited. Uh, which is, you know, most people when you ask, say Wes Anderson, they'll tell, they'll say Grand Budapest Hotel, they'll say Life Aquatic, Steve Zizou, uh, Royal Tenenbaums. But my favorite is Darjeeling Limited with uh, um, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, and Owen Wilson. Oh wow! Um, and they are great. And it's about three brothers who go to India. Uh, they've kind of become estranged, and they reconnect and. Uh, go on a little adventure together. It's it's not the funniest Wes Anderson, but I think it's the strongest all around. There's some good heart to it. Uh, good little story, little secrets that develop. It's got a lot of bubbling under the surface. Uh, it's a bloody good one. So if people are, have, have watched some Wes Anderson films, I, w- I wouldn't say Darjeeling is the, the one to be your first Wes Anderson, by the way. Definitely, definitely not. Start with Grand Budapest Hotel. That's the I, I feel like that's the easiest one to get in on the ground floor with. And after you've watched two or three, then watch the Darjeeling Limited. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, and that's all the movies I watched this week. Do you watch any movies yourself? Yes. Uh, so I watched <laughs> a couple. I uh, I watched. Um, I don't really know why this kind of. I, I think I, I saw a clip on. Uh, you know, on like YouTube Shorts or something like that. And for some sure. strange reason, um, a clip from from 
the social network uh, came up mm. and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what, I haven't haven't seen this since around when it came out and then just kind yeah. of I suppose with you know it being you know what it's 12 I think it's 2010 movie so it's 12 years I think since it Correct. came out yeah. and uh I suppose with the way people how people view Facebook has kind of changed over the last while and then being that where I work is actually about 200 yards from uh where where the now meta um offices are in 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 dublin um it kind of struck struck my uh, interest to kind of have a look and uh see how i felt about it now and look mm. I, I know i know there's a, a massive amount of uh dramatization and you know uh artistic license taken with these things but uh yeah i i think the the way that uh you know the the, the move to california and the idea that uh facebook was in this uh party house um just seems like absolute nonsense to me i, I don't uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't i don't buy it for a minute especially with uh you know having seen uh how zuckerberg is in uh interviews and that kind of thing um the idea of him you know having that much of a social interaction with numerous people at the same time just seems uh very very <laughs> unlikely so um sure. look I, I thought i thought it was i thought it was interesting and uh you know th- that they kind of I, I i found it kind of that like you know what i took away from it was like oh like is zuckerberg massively responsible for incel culture and what that has caused you know i, I thought that was a really really standout thing just how uh awful he is to everyone who he feels isn't as uh as as smart or as uh you know capable as he is and he's just willing to to screw people over um you know very much uh the uh super villain uh vibes from him as well so uh yeah, yeah. look it was an interesting watch um have have you seen it recently, or is it a long time since you've watched oh, it? Oh, I've I saw it when it came out, and then I think I've seen it once more on Blu-ray. But we're talking maybe twenty twelve, something like that. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it, but obviously I haven't revisited it with today's eyes. Yeah, I, I, I think prob- it, I think it it it's it's aged in a way. I, I mean, I suppose when you see now what you know Facebook has become, in that it's you know one of the just worst echo chambers for you know horrible views and people just spouting nonsense all the time um it, it kind of it makes you frame it a little bit differently so i think it might be yeah it's, it's an interesting one to, like to have a rewatch of and and look at it that mm. way um it definitely kind of changed what my view would have been from when i had seen it several years ago yeah I mean, I think at the same time, I've been really turned off because of when I watch the Oscars every year, there's always some absolute dross biopics on there. So I'm really turned off by your typical biopic. Certainly watching them as any kind of actual yeah. documentation of what actually happened. Like if I want that, I'll watch a documentary. I'm not going to watch the fictionalized version. So I think to an extent, you kind of have to separate those two. And as much as it, it, it might be counterintuitive, but to not directly compare it to what the reality is. Um, yeah, I remember really, really enjoyed it. I think it was probably one of one of the better Fincher movies, but I haven't revisited it in a long time. So 
I can't say anything more on that. Um, other than that, I watched um, on actually on Netflix um, um, a movie that I believe now is actually it, it was a TV movie. Um, it was coming up again. It was coming up in, in trending. Um, they must have only added it recently, but uh, it is called the Craigslist Killer. Um, only about an hour and a half long. Um, yeah. Has Jake Jake McDormand in it, who is your man that was in uh, Dope Sick. He was one of the lawyers mm. in that. Um, and uh, again, it, it's essentially about uh, a man who is uh, basically a, a sex addict and uh, then uh, goes and... Uh, kills prostitutes and stuff so um based on a true story um happened in in uh, uh kind of massachusetts kind of area um and uh like zuckerberg biopic, <laughs> is it? Um, it, it, it's it's an interesting one like, like I, I suppose because they made it so short they don't really go into a huge amount of depth on like what his motivations are and you know he's he's like a med student and then oh all of a sudden he's a sex addict and then you know it kind of goes a bit out of control but um yeah worth a watch um like i say only an hour and a half long um definitely something i'd say uh if you have that bit of time have a look at it and then the final thing that i watched uh, as i mentioned earlier was i watched deadpool um and I had never actually, I'd never actually seen it, um, and it's a, it's a strange one for me because I think, uh, like I say, I I was glad that it wasn't as long as many of the others, but um, it it strikes me that essentially this is the movie that is responsible for you know, a big reason why I haven't seen so many of the other ones since that, because, you know, the, uh, oh, look, let's break the fourth wall and make silly jokes about it has just become the formula. And, you know, like Ryan Reynolds seems to just be the same in, in every single movie. He, he does it, does it the same way every single time. And I also found the, like, lol so random the way he like swears and all in it i was just thought was it a little yeah. bit over the top you know it's just that uh, exactly along yeah. <laughs> um cockle yeah. stick mcfuckleberry that's a funny yeah um i i don't know it, it was okay i i, I don't understand I, to be fair i thought deadpool 2 was far better so okay all right well i yeah. I, I i hated deadpool I, I think it's one of the I I think I have in my letterbox like an X Men best to worst. I think I have Deadpool maybe bottom. I don't know if I don't know if I like Dark Phoenix less. Dark Phoenix is fucking abysmal as well. But um, I hated Deadpool. But Deadpool two is pretty decent. I, I would say even from someone who hated Deadpool, I would give Deadpool two a chance. It's it's um, interesting that like you know it, it's it's your 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 least favorite. Uh, x-men movie and i think it's <laughs> the most profitable like it made something yeah. crazy like a 800 million off a 78 million budget or something like that i mean that's that's astronomical yeah. money for it um but yeah uh i don't i don't know for an r-rated I, movie yeah yeah i mean i've had the misfortune now to see a lot of ryan reynolds recent films um and to your point he's 
he's not only the same in all of them, but he's like bad in all of them. <laughs> um, like what is the, I also the rock think he's, he's in? I, I think he's he's not oh, acting. Terrible. Like when you see him doing interviews or you know because he's involved. he's the same oh, yeah it's just him yeah he's just being himself all the time so maybe he watches the wrestling it's just him turned up to 11 <laughs> um yeah didn't like deadpool at all um but do watch deadpool 2 deadpool 2 i think is actually all right okay i think i gave it like a uh, give it a seven out of ten it was a, a decent watch um i think every element of deadpool 2 outside of Ryan Reynolds doing the gimmick is better in Deadpool 2 and that's why it works. It's got a better um villain certainly. It's got a better plot, better characters around them. He's the same, but everything else is better. So is it Thanks for overall two and a half hours. hours long? Well sometimes you, you gotta <laughs> sit through two and a half hours. <laughs> oh hang on how long is Top Gun tomorrow? Top Gun Maverick 18 hours, not 2 hours 11. Oh, at least I'll be in the cinema. It's all right. Yeah. Um, moving on to the game guff quickly. So I've still been doing some more tomfoolery with the old Xbox Series S. Uh, playing some Metroid Prime on it, which is a sentence I would have anticipated myself saying six months ago, or even a month ago. Um, I really think, based on everything that I've experienced with it lately, that the Xbox Series S is is your your must have modern system in terms of everything combined. The the freedom you have for installing stuff like RetroArch on it from the Microsoft Store, there's no fiddling around, jailbreaking the thing, putting a chip in it, or loading firmware onto your USB, put it in, re- reinstalling stuff that Microsoft don't want you to do. Instead, it's just open the Edge browser on your Xbox, go to this website, download it through the Microsoft Store, and you're up and running. Um, so in terms of its feasibility as an emulator and a great console for playing historical games on, which legally you must own, I'll just clarify that um but also in terms of like game pass and everything that that offers day one releases on game pass for no extra fee which sony with their new ps plus still don't offer with their new ps plus model um is that the new ps plus model that like has just retro games and you have to pay yeah but you don't get the first party games on day one brother which is kind of the, the most important part of game pass to me um but it's a really good it's a really good emulator system as well so in terms of everything you can do on it like why would someone buy a playstation today it's seems like a mad decision to me xbox have really really done themselves well with this one um and so yeah i actually installed a few more games on it which legally i own folks uh, including Crazy Taxi on the Dreamcast, a system I've never owned, and SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, uh, a PS2 game, which is also a system I've ever, never owned. And actually, I'll come clean, I don't own those games. But um, if the lawman comes to the door, I'll delete them real fast. And yeah, you can like bump the resolution up by three times. You're playing like GameCube games at 1080p resolution. And because it's through your Xbox, you don't have to fiddle around with different connectors and all that kind of thing because your no. output is HDMI already. Yeah, that's that's really your output really is HDMI already. Yeah. You have not only that, but you have the ability to use save states, 
on GameCube games. It's crazy. So it, it takes you back to like the SNES Mini functionality, for example. So if you hit a particularly hard boss, you just hit your save state button. And then if you take any damage, or as far as you get before you take damage, you can create a save state, load yeah. it immediately from there. It makes replaying old games much, much easier from that point of view, especially difficult games. So I have, for example, on my controller, the mapping to the GameCube buttons right away is pretty easy to set up. I, I did do it manually just so it felt right to me. But I have like pushing the left stick is to do a save state. Left bumper is to load save state. So I don't need to move my fingers even to, to create a save state. Um, so playing Metroid Prime, really, really enjoying it. Um, I did play Metroid Prime when it, when it first came out. Uh, which is 20 years ago this year, which sounds which is crazy to me. That's a, that's a 20-year-old game. I think I have a copy of that somewhere at home. I, I don't think I've ever played through it because I, I, I got a GameCube quite late in its uh, cycle yeah. and picked up a heap of games really, really quickly and never played half of them. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's meant to be fantastic. Well, those games sell for a lot of money these days, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Metroid Prime is really, really great. Um, in terms of Metroid games, I've now played um, Super Metroid, which is in- really great, and Metroid Dread, which came out on Switch this last year. Uh, so I did play a bit of Prime when it came out, but not a lot. I think I've already passed the stage that I got to in my first playthrough. and I'm, I'm maybe like a sixth of the way through the game. I'm still very, very early. But it, it it's... One of the most successful transitions of a 2D game to a 3D space that I've seen while retaining the same feeling of what made the 2D game work. So it's not like Mario World to Mario 64 is a a very different kind of game. You know, Mario 64 doesn't retain the get from the start to level to the end of level. It's very exploration based. It's very, you know, collect these objective based stars i guess it is in mario 64 that was never the mario model up to that point even with zelda to a lesser extent zelda to to from linkedin past to um ocarina of time structurally was very similar but the way that the world worked with its combat was wildly different and you know the introduction of the Z targeting stuff, which re- to this day doesn't get the credit it deserves for like revolutionary revolutionizing 3D gaming. Um, Metroid feels like a, a direct extension of what Super Metroid was into just a 3D world. Um, and so the sensation you get playing it is that of I'm playing a Metroid game, not I'm playing a first-person shooter or I'm playing a, a game of its era. It feels like you're playing a Metroid game, which is the biggest compliment I can give it. Uh, I will say graphically, it, it's it's definitely an early GameCube game. Uh, you never get the sensation you're playing a PS3 game. <laughs> it's in fact some of the textures I will say border on Nintendo 64 level. Um, so compared to stuff like I've booted up, like I said, a few of these games. I will say highest of high recommendations. I booted up Wind Waker in 1080p on the GameCube emulation, and those colors pop like no color I've ever seen pop before. Um, I would even recommend if anyone if anyone's listening who has an Xbox and is interested to play Wind Waker, I would even recommend that version over the HD remake that they re-released. Um, I couldn't believe how good that game looked. And for, for all the people who were upset when they introduced you, I'm sure you remember the controversy about the Wind Waker yeah, graphics at the time. Yeah, Zelda, as it was called. 
Yeah, um, in, uh, in in retrospect, it has aged. What a right decision that was. Better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks fantastic running on an Xbox. Uh, Metroid doesn't look doesn't look quite as good. It's definitely an early GameCube game, like I say. Plays really well, but one thing I didn't anticipate. I don't know if I talked about this last week already, but I went into it thinking, well, the GameCube had two thumbsticks, so it's going to play like a normal dual thumbstick shooter. No, it doesn't. It plays more closely to Goldeneye um, in that the left stick moves you forward and back, but also turns you rather than strafing. Uh, However, the other thumbstick doesn't look around like the C buttons did with Goldeneye. So I think it actually works better in this than it did in Goldeneye. And I I would actually think that if you play Goldeneye without using the C buttons, you probably have an easier time of it than if you go back and try and play it as a dual stick, because I have I've gone back to Goldeneye and I can't fucking play it. The controls are too crazy. But playing Metroid without the second stick or without even trying to use a, a workaround to simulate a second stick, you can focus just on the movement on the left or right uh turning initially you you have a bit of a shock where you like you basically can't look up or down uh you have to hit the right trigger and samus like grabs her arm and then you can like aim manually but while you're moving around you don't have a look up and down function at all which at the beginning is very jarring when you're so used to modern shooters but actually that simplification makes it much easier to get your head wrapped around the single stick controls and so i was able to come to grips with it very quickly uh, whereas with something with Goldeneye, where you're trying to move and also like see up and see down to look up and down, see left and see right, strafe was just a mess. And I would find myself looking at the ceiling and running around in circles. With Metroid, because it's simplified, it just makes it easier to get to grips with. And so I'm already used now to the one stick. And actually, the left stick is just used for changing your like visors and stuff. Um, so it works really well. Uh, the a- atmosphere of the game is fantastic. Great, great soundtrack one of the all-time great nintendo soundtracks i feel uh great bosses interesting bosses varied locations it actually feels location wise it feels very similar to twilight princess um even though it was what five years before twilight princess came out um i I think i wonder if twilight princess took a bit of its visual um inspiration for metroid prime in a way because a lot of the locations have that same they don't necessarily look the same but they have the same kind of vibe to them um so yeah very early still into it i just got the morph ball and the morph ball bombs so i can now jump as a bomb uh did a little bit of backtracking i'm usually not mad into backtracking in games but metroid prime is a game that definitely encourages you to do it and rewards you for doing it so you can just mainline through the game obviously but if you take the little bit of time to revisit, you know, old areas, uh, it's 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 not really grinding, but you'll definitely be beefed up for the the boss battles out there to come. So after I got the morph ball and the bombs and all that, I went back to the first area, like basically back to the start of the game, and just see, okay, what can I do now? And I think I had like fifteen missiles. So in Metroid, you unlock the missiles in like clumps of five. And obviously, the missile is like the stronger version of the typical shoot button you have. Uh, I'm up to 45 missiles now. So I've tripled my missile uh, array in just one 25-minute mm, of backtracking, which now is, means I have 45 missiles I can just unload. The next boss I have is going to unload the missiles directly into their face. 
Um, so yeah, really, really positive experience with Metroid Prime. Uh, obviously, the best thing now is that I have two further Metroid Primes that are already out that I can revisit afterwards, Prime 2 and Prime 3 Corruption. Um, after I started Prime, which is obviously the GameCube version, I also realized that they brought out uh, a Wii version, which has proper like uh, real-time aiming as well. That might be the one that I have, actually. Yeah, well, sure. apparently that's that's the better way to play. I've only learned this now. But on the Xbox emulation, you have Wii emulation, which uses the right stick for emulating the, the aiming. So I could have just had right stick aiming <laughs> if I wanted to. Too late now, I've already started the game. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I had a, I had a quick go of SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, which as someone who never owned the PS2, enjoyed your you know day of reckonings and all that i love those games but there was always a part of me that a little you know cast a little envious eye over at your smackdown uh shut your mouth smackdown yeah here comes the pain they always look great so i i want to do a little bit of story mode of of here comes the pain so we'll see how that goes although i did notice that control wise the left bumper or l1 whatever you want to call it i believe that's how you do your finisher in the smackdown games but i have that mapped to load my save state because on the gamecube there's no l1 button so I, i'll need to um deconstruct that for the ps2 specifically and change the mapping around of that i don't really to be honest need save states for smackdown anyway can you but um can you do different controller profiles through yeah, yeah, per, yeah. Si- per system and per game yeah that's really good yeah even better yeah so um I will say SmackDown graphically, when you bump the resolution up, looks really good. <laughs> really, really impressive. Um, whereas Metroid still has a bit of graininess to it. I don't know whether that's to do with the the emulation or the, the actual core game, but the PS2 games look very, very good. I need to have a look at some of the, the other PS2 games that I, I need to play by virtue of not having ever owned one. I don't know if I'll really be given Final Fantasy games a playthrough, but... Um, Certainly, there's stuff on PS2 that I would have never. It's just like a glaring. Yeah, I I never I never owned one. Um, very good friend of mine had one, and I spent a lot of time in his house, like playing playing some of the games with him. And yeah, he he was big into the the, the Final Fantasy ones. I think uh, Final Fantasy X, like ten, ten and ten yeah. two. That's like a, it has a direct sequel. Sequel. Um, yeah. That one, it you know, um, I, I'm not huge on Final Fantasy games, but that one seemed pretty good. Um. It was like you know, even yeah, I played seven remake and really enjoyed it this last year, but yeah, that at least changed up the um turn based uh battles into more of a like a real time thing that I appreciated. Um, you've been playing anything yourself lately, anyway? So, or just Netflix, uh, no, I, I actually uh just yesterday, um, I, I hadn't been playing a huge amount of uh games the last while, um, and partly in. Due, due to the fact that my Switch Joy-Cons have... Oh, no. Uh, they have the, the worst drift, like, to the point that games were becoming unplayable. And, yeah. like, look, I, I have the Switch about three years. I got it, I got it for got it for my 30th birthday so yeah three and a bit years and oh, i mean look I, I don't i don't play it like a huge amount i mean there's a few games that i have played a huge amount on it like i put you know 100 hours into breath of the wild and i put about 100 yeah. hours into um witcher 3 as well and then other than that it's been fairly fairly casual 
Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I think when I bought the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake, um, mm, that was when I, too. yeah, that was when I kind of noticed how bad the drift was getting on the uh, sure. on on the on the Switch because um, you know, like I, I grew up playing so many of those games and and I was I was pretty good at them and had played you know played them on on so many different systems and um just was at the point that you're just falling all the time because guys spinning around in circles for absolutely no reason and um yeah now <laughs> it's, it's gotten to the point that um you know you can't even click into menus you know because it's just moving by itself the entire time and it's it's not just one or the other it's both sticks they're just both doing it um so i went out yesterday and i bought a new set of joy cons Ooh, which are nice. 80 euro which yeah and they, they they still aren't coming down in price yeah, that's the nintendo way and that's it like i, I was like oh I'll, 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 I'll check in cex in case they're you know half the price in there and then i was thinking well you know chances are if i get ones in there they'll probably <laughs> more have, probably they'll probably have drift on them already but yes actually they were i they were more it, they were selling them separately <laughs> and for some reason uh a left was 48 and a right was 42 um so it would have been 90 euro for for a pair <laughs> um so yeah i i went went into went into argos got them got them in there um and uh yeah it, completely different you know um instantly um went went back to playing and it, it just makes it so much more fun um i i, I understand that, that i think there's there's something that you can like send them away and they fix them for free or something like that yeah, yeah yeah but i think if they're the ones that came with your switch you have to send back the console itself switch. as well um so i'm not doing that um couldn't be dealing with yeah. doing that the um, other option is the pro controller obviously i don't know how much yeah well i have a price wise i have a wired one that i picked up that was mm. only about 20 quid but like I play the switch most of the time mm-hmm. i play it in handhelds um so you know yeah, i play it i play it when Elaine is watching something on TV or whatever, and uh, yeah. yeah, um, I've been playing. Um, went back to uh, so I have the the Switch online, and I got the um, I ponied up and paid for the uh, expansion pass as well. Um, to play uh, all fucking the, Mark <laughs> to play all these games that I have physical copies of on the Nintendo yeah. sixty four, um, <laughs> and I have on. You know emulators, and I have, uh, yeah, yeah, I have several copies of most of them. But um, just yeah, for convenience of it. Um, so I've been playing um, Majora's Mask, and uh, um, I'm I'm torn on it. I'm only at the. Are you one of the people who can't just can't get to grips with the time thing? It's it's or not get to grips with, it, but can't get along with it. Annoying me, uh, like I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it, and I'm hopefully gonna settle through it because I was thinking back, yeah. and you know, I, I think that's a similar criticism that people have about uh, Phantom Hourglass. That's like, oh well, you always have to go back and do that same bit where you go through that and you go a little bit yeah. further every every time. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed that, so I think I'll just kind of get used to this, and then it'll probably be fine. But um. You're, no. Are you doing the the song of time backwards to slow down? Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well? yeah I think that eases that. it a little bit. Yeah, because um, you know, yeah, I, 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 kind of only realized that, and you're kind of going, well, Jesus, I've only got you know 
35 minutes to try and do loads of shit and then i didn't get it all done so i have to start the whole thing again um and you know just getting kind of used to what things you can keep and what things you lose every time you go back so i suppose once i get used to the mechanic it'll probably be fine um but yeah yeah, a little bit a little bit frustrating so far especially considering that um you know ocarina of time is something i'm so fond of i've such fond memories of um but yeah. yeah, like this is kind of a gap for me because I, I've played it through a couple of times, but never actually finished it. You know, I, I dipped into Majora's Mask a few times and just never yeah. went the whole way through. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to stick with it and do that. Um, and I've also been playing um, F-Zero X. And again, that's one that I had. F-Zero. Yeah. And like, I, I, I just, I wish that was something it's that hard. could be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> when you have a... A, a controller that is uh, significantly more sensitive uh, than the Nintendo 64 <laughs> stick was. Um, yeah. It's very easy to just uh, crash off every level. Um, so well, yeah, good luck with. There's there's one on Joker Cup. I think it's called Big Hand, where it's oh yeah, that's crazy Jack, with yeah, no yeah. sides. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so the the save state is going to be uh, being being used a lot in that. Well, I remember we used. I used to bring the GameCube in school the other time we played F Zero GX. Yeah, which yeah, was I remember really that. Good. that was fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, still have F Zero GX. I think that's a that's a um series that could do with being resurrected. Um. I'd I'd love to see it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it sells very well. It's kind of it's along the same lines of Metroid. Right, um, even okay. GX, they got Sega to develop it. Like they didn't okay. develop it. Yeah, yeah. That was the last yeah. one, was it? There wasn't any since that. That's still yeah. the last one on GameCube. Yeah, they haven't brought one out since. Yeah, I think they might have done a like a DS one because there was a, there was a TV series briefly. I think they did a DS tie-in maybe, but that was it. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, that's been it for me. Um, that's all I've been playing so far. Yeah, of course on on the Nintendo Switch Online, highly recommend if you haven't played before Paper Mario. Excellent. And uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which I played just as Oh, yeah, time. I played, played a little bit of that, actually, as well. Although although that Nintendo 64 version where it resets your notes every time. Yeah. Play the Xbox version, it's better. Yeah. Um, Okie doke. Uh, before we get on to the rest of the guff, I do have a little a little present for you. We are going to play a game of Dwayne Johnson Busters. Okay. The, the legendary quiz. Um... So I've got a few. I feel like I'm going to be awful with this. Do I even remember what the answers are? Hang on, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write down the answers. I, I, I have much chance then. Uh, let me see. Okay. I know that one. I know that one. What's this one? Okay, no, I got him. I got him. Okay. <clears throat> so you're familiar with the rules of Dwayne Johnson Busters. We're going to give you three cryptic clues. Okay. Uh, and it's up to you to work out what they are. Now, if you if you can't get them, I will give you the initials as well. They are all. Okay current i'll give you a clue they are all current wrestlers or wrestling related personalities okay someone involved in the wacky world of wrestling okay your first one uh, it's funny because we were kind of talking talking on this topic earlier uh the first clue is the amount of places for people to live right it's not gone up it has not gone up the amount of places for people to live not gone up. It's not gone up, brother. What wrestler okay. is that? Uh, mm, I'm thinking. Mm. 
housing is is it is it Dan housing? It's down housing. That's correct. Ah, very good. That's very correct. good. Down yeah, housing. That one down works. Housing. That's good. Well, thank you. Okay, we got that one right. That's number one. Number two, my my finger elbow is unable to, but what's that? My finger elbow is unable to, but finger elbow knuckle. No. My finger elbow is unable to, but my maybe maybe I have a sore arm. Maybe my arm is all ooh, can't use my arm for that. What's that about? <laughs> My finger, my finger, slash elbow, is unable to probably due to some arm-related injury, but my. Mm, I'm no, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Do you need the initials thing. on that? Yeah, one? give me initials. Yeah, initials on that one are TK. Oh, Tony yeah. Khan. My right. finger elbow is unable to, but my toe knee <laughs> can. Very good. Very good. That's, that's number two. We got it. And finally, that fella generates all his electricity from the gas cooker top. So in his home, he doesn't have... He's not with Electric Ireland. He's not on one of these deals. ESB. He generates all the electricity... I was going to say, I was going to say the answer there for a second. It generates all the electricity in his home from the gas cooker, the top bit. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. What's that about? Hmm. Curious. Uh... That fella generates all the electricity in his home from the top bit. Of the cooker, of the of the stove. Stove. Uh, what's the top? What's the top bit called? Where you put the pans and that. <laughs> I, I just call that the stove. I I, mm. I don't know. Do we have a terminology glitch here? Oh, <laughs> uh, right. All right. Give, give me the give me the initial. That might help. Initials initials ph. Think, maybe think about oh, the first bit. It's it's powerhouse Hobbs, right? Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, very good. Very good. Very you know, good. Three for you're three for three on your your inaugural. Uh, that was good. That was good. DJB. The funny thing was, I I didn't even on my little rundown here write Dwayne Johnson Busters. I wrote down DJB and then was confused about what that was. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Doc. Very good. A quick little game there. No controversial ones. I tried to make them. No, that was Makes good. Some, that was good. Some some sense, ease, ease me in yeah. as well. So. Yeah, easy mode, easy mode, DJB. Okay, let's talk about okay. the uh, the slam then. Let me pull up the um, the double or nothing uh, results here. So I did. I watched and I, I did a crazy thing this week. I stayed up late for double or nothing, watched it live, and then I'd work in the morning. I did. I didn't take the Monday off as I often do. Um, what, what time did it kick off? I was at one till four or one till f- no, f- it was about four hours long. It was Jesus. one till f- closer to five, five, five thirty. So yeah, so I woke up. I start work at like nine on a Monday. So I was like, that's enough. That's enough time. 
<laughs> I've done it before. I've done it many a time. Definitely when my job was of less importance than it is today. I had no problem staying up late and doing a doing a half-assed job the following day. But um no, we 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 got it. So I'll run through the card um quickly here. <laughs> 14 matches, so it's not gonna be that quick. Yeah. Um give you my thoughts and I know you watched just the highlights of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, show. yeah. I didn't watch the full show. Uh, any thoughts you have? Anyway, you can jump in. Um, very, very um, long card. The show itself, obviously, was equally long. Um, I think in general sense, the show kind of sagged a lot in the middle. Certainly until it hit the uh, the anarchy in the arena match. And then those final three matches, I thought, were were pretty good and kind of Ended the show on a crescendo. Uh, opened with Hookhausen against Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. That was the the pre-show match. Uh, setting the crowd, setting up the crowd to be happy. Hookhausen, of course, very over uh, team at the moment. Easily defeated Nice and Sterling. Not much of a competitive match, just a showcase for for Hook and Danhausen, yeah. and of course they got the win. Sometimes you just got to give the folks what they want. Um. Then we opened proper with Wardlow MJF, and we were still, as the show went live, not sure if MJF was gonna even be there. I think there were there were uh, news stories and stuff of that nature floating around that you know no one's seen MJF in the building yet. Yeah, what's having, happening? Having missed the signing, was it the day before or earlier that the day before? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it was on the Saturday, I think. So there's a lot of intrigue about the MJF situation, which we'll we'll kind of touch on that in more detail uh, in a little bit. But um, as far as the match itself went, it was it, I felt I was kind of a bit conflicted on it. It was it was certainly what people wanted to see: Wardlow defeating MJF handily by pinfall after a number of power bombs. But uh, I don't know, match wise, it didn't feel like much of a match to me. It didn't feel like the payoff to a two-year build, which is essentially what it is. I, I'm reading uh, currently um, issue two of Inside the Ropes, which I think is from September 2020. And I think there was like, that's where they're dropping the seeds. Seat, yeah. yeah, and this is like two years ago, and it, the, the payoff to it is like a seven-minute match in which MJF doesn't really get any offense whatsoever. Wardlow beats him. It, I felt a little bit of an anti-climax. It's a strange um, one because I feel like, you know, this is what I like. I, I don't really know how else they could have really done it at this stage. Like, I think, think, uh, you know, Wardlow has been made that strong that that's what everybody wanted to see. And that's what, like, you know, like it didn't go any different to what I expected. But yeah. yeah, it's it's an odd one to do that after that long to but, but someone also as good it, as MJF as well. Yeah, but also it wasn't like a two-minute Goldberg squash. It was like a yeah. seven-and-a-half-minute match in which it didn't feel very competitive. It maybe felt, if anything, a little bit drawn out. Um. Anyway, Wardlow won. He's free now to sign with AW, and they, they really... You know, we'll get to it, but they really struck while the iron was hot in his first yeah. week. Put him in a match with uh, JD Drake or something, and then uh, Mark Sterling came out and signed him in favors. 
Okay. That's not that's not how I would have followed up this match. Yeah, but uh, yeah. okay. Um we had Hardy's Young Bucks next. Jeff Hardy apparently got knocked out quite quickly into this one. Yeah, I believe it was with the kind of whisper in the wind where he just jumped straight into a big boot and nearly took his head off. Um looking at when, I, I kind of didn't really notice it at the time, but then when it was highlighted, yeah, he he nearly killed him. So uh yeah, he was knocked loopy. I didn't. That. I didn't notice the spot. I definitely noticed there was something afoot because he was like lying in the ring for a very long time while the match was just going on around him. He didn't like roll back to the apron and stand on on his side. He was just like lying in the corner, and then at the end he started like running around in the crowd. So it was it was a bit strange, but yeah. Hopefully he's all right. The match itself was pretty good. I don't think it was it was. Um, befitting the, the legendary Hardys versus Young Bucks status. It was, it was it was a very good match. I think the Young Bucks carried them to uh, to something quite decent there. Um, then we had Jade Cargill defeating Anna Jay in a in a match like look, we love Jade Cargill. Love when she says Tony. Good shit. Good shit. One of my favorite things in in wrestling at the moment, along with uh, the acclaimed. But, uh, ooh, they got lost in this one and didn't know what they were doing for a good two minutes. And it got very bone-shoe-ugly, as Jim Ross would say. Uh, notable, though, that Stokely Hathaway made his debut and also Athena made her debut afterwards. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the better women's signings I think they brought in in the last little while. Certainly her match on Rampage, I want to say, I thought she looked really good in it. Yeah, she was. Um, that was a, that was a good 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 match. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's it's an interesting way to go to have uh, to have her in there because yeah, I think you know from her from her WWE run, she never really got a huge chance. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what she can do with someone. It's because she didn't as, want to dress all sexy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big part of it. I think. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I feel like with a lot of, and I don't generalize here and and be um, misogynist about the women, but I feel like with a lot of the 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 women that AEW have certainly, at the experience level they're at, a lot of the time you can see the cogs turning in the head mid match. Where okay, what are we doing next? What are we? Wh- where's the next thing? A lot of it doesn't feel very organic or um, of the moment. Whereas with Athena's match on Friday, totally professional, yeah, totally bought into yeah. it, great flow to it. I, I didn't feel for a second any of those issues with her. Uh, whereas Anna Jay and Jade Cargill was like a showcase for that kind of problem, which was an issue. I think Jade's, um, Jade's, Jade's improving um, a, a lot. Oh, absolutely. Like, she's getting, getting, getting miles, miles better. Um, uh, but yeah, I think there's, there's still a bit of work to do. I, like She's at that point where you know when, when she came in, it was look at her incredible physique and how powerful she is and that kind of thing and she couldn't wrestle a lick and now she's uh she's catching but she also kind of had no personality either so she's kind of yeah she come out not that she had no person she didn't personality but she didn't quite have the hook yeah no pun intended that would you know lead to her becoming a an interesting uh, character but i think she has that now i think the wrestling is coming on as well she just needs to get the um the experience yeah to kind of be able to do it on the fly rather than to have to think of where they're going. But that comes with experience. The old thing of, you know, they can show you how to ride a bike, but you have to fall down a few times. Yeah. You learn it by doing it, really. 
Uh, two teams that have had nothing going for them lately, House of Black and Death Triangle, but uh, nevertheless had an absolute banger of a match. Uh, very, very good stuff here. Uh, notable for Julia Hart finally coming out and joining their ranks. Uh, that's been another slow burner that feels like it's been building for months and months. Um, I liked House of Black's get-up as well. They had uh, spooky face paint on that for once for AW looked effective rather than goofy. Uh, reminded of Alex Abrahantis in the Halloween costume of a few months ago. But yeah, really, really good. Really good stuff. House of Black and Death Triangle. Tell you, they need to get those trios belts in ASAP because these trio, trios matches they have been having lately are of high quality. Um, we had the Owen Hart finals then. Adam Cole over Samoa Joe and Britt Baker over Ruby Soho. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit burned out on Adam Cole and Britt Baker to say the least. Um, I think the problem when we talk about stuff like House of Black and we talk about uh, Jericho and we talk about Miro and we talk about you know people of that ilk a lot of the people a lot of the ex-WWE guys as MJF would say that they brought in have kind of reinvented themselves to an extent yeah they've been allowed to do something a little bit different a little but, bit different uh... whereas Adam Cole and his boys have have come in and are doing exactly the same as they're doing they just before. put the same team back together and then just picked up where they left off yeah even the name is pretty much the same. Undisputed Elite. Get it? Because they were called the Undisputed Era before. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam Cole's Adam Cole is objectively very good, but I I I don't even dislike Adam Cole. I'm just extremely burnt out on he's on all the time as well. He, he yeah, never get a break. He's not wrestling, he's on commentary as well. So yeah, yeah, you don't get a minute away from him. Uh Britt Baker Ruby. Well, that's what it was as well. I don't, I don't, I don't feel particularly strongly about either of those finals. I did like when Martha Hart came out and talked for about an hour, though. Uh, Post match, she she talked for ages. Um, she was quite funny though, so it was fine. Uh, then we have the uh, worst ongoing storyline in AEW. It was American Top Team versus uh, Sammy Guevara, Tay Conti, and Frankie Kazarian. In a six-person mixed tag match, uh, and since American Top Team won, neither Kazarian nor nor Sammy Guerrero are allowed to challenge for the TNT Championship again as long as Sky is the champion. Good. Thank Christ. Yeah. Um, I think I've said it on this before. When they must be paying Kazarian nothing <laughs> because when his you know he's one of the ones where his contract's up, you say thanks very much, brother. Enjoy your stay in Impact Wrestling or wherever <laughs> you're going to go next. Um. Like, I, I used to be a, a very big Kazarian fan when he was an impact in 2008. Yeah. We're literally talking about 15, 15 years, ago. years ago. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he offers anymore. He has a little shirt that says 51% motherfucker, 49% son of a bitch, um, which is uh, directly inversely proportion, uh, proportioned to how cool he actually is. <laughs> uh, and Sammy Guevara take on are, I think, would be quite an effective heel couple, but for some reason they're pushing them as tweeners. And uh, Scorpio Sky is a man who I've never cared to watch. Uh, I think he's fine in the ring, but he has got no personality. He's like um, Perfect Ten. Uh, what's his name? Sean Spears. Oh yeah. Do you know he does that during his promos and the lights goes out. That's a Scorpio. Scorpio Sky. I'm doing my promo. Click my fingers. Lights go off. 
brother, that does not mean you have a character. That does not mean you have a personality. You are a boring, boring man. Um, Dan Lambert, another one. Would ha- happily not see him for six months. Yeah, Ethan Page is all right, but Ethan Page it feels like he's walking around with the the big uh, the big uh, ball tied to his uh, ball and chain tied to his ankle, and the ball is um, Scorpio Sky, and the the chain is Dan Lambert. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I didn't care at all about this match. Um, Paige Van Sant was in as well. I barely remember her doing anything in it. Uh, did she do a move? Probably. Uh, would happily never see any of these again. Yeah, I would agree um, on that. Um, didn't, really <laughs> didn't really offer much. Um, yeah. Too uh, long as well. Uh, I, look, I, look, the one thing I would say from it, um, uh, uh, Ty Conti, she sold the super kick very well, or else he actually just kicked her in the head because... Uh, yeah, she went down like a sack of shit. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she sold a good one from uh, Pentagon on Triple Mania as well. I think she's 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 good for selling them, but uh, I kind of liked her more as a plucky babyface than uh, what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, uh, Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen was very good. A uh, nice ten minute sprint. Uh, these guys are great anyway you'll hear me say a bad thing about Kyle O'Reilly or Darby Allen and certainly together they put out a good match surprised to see Kyle O'Reilly get the win but um, the match itself was very good Thunder Rosa defeated Serena Deeb in a match that was also very good but definitely hampered by how lukewarm the build to it was yeah the build was very clunky um it really sticks out to me that day the was it two weeks ago when they were uh having a face-to-face and serena talked for a really really long time and rosa just kind of kept interrupting her and it was yeah, yeah it was, it was very good <laughs> yeah unfortunate because the match was good but um Serena's knock a lot of charisma on the mic, I'm afraid. Thunder Rosa, I think, with the right opponents can can get some good stuff going, but this wasn't it. The match was good. Then we had something like I've never seen before. It was uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, Appreciation Society, excuse me, against the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz in the Anarchy in the Arena match, in which they just fought all over the arena for 25 minutes. Uh, Wild Thing played for about ten of those minutes. Um, it 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 yeah, was definitely was anarchy. Madness. They they yeah, yeah. they paid it off. Yeah, um, um, it was very fun. It was hard to follow, but everywhere you looked, something crazy was happening. Everyone uh, covered in blood. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Matt Menard doing the the um, the the prime Ric Flair full on gusher. Yeah. Um, Jericho with the, maybe the maddest thing of the night, trying to put Moxley in the um, walls of Jericho on top of one of those flimsy yeah, announcements, thinking and thinking it wasn't going to collapse immediately. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that gave me what was that? The, um, way back when Triple H did that as well. I remember when Triple H fell through the table and it, it injured him. Uh, it gave me real big flashbacks of that. Yeah. Um, but the match itself was was very very fun. Uh, Meltzer gave it the old five, five stars, stars as yeah. well. Jake Hager with his his first five star. <laughs> uh, another no hoper. Get rid of him. Get rid of him as soon as the contract is up, brother. Yeah. Uh, he adds negative value to the the company at this stage. But the match was absolutely tremendous. Um, 
despite having no structure whatsoever. Uh, but it it, it pay it did what it said on the on the on the tin. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, liked the little touch of Jericho breaking the uh, the soundboard, causing the music to stop playing eventually. That was a nice little touch as well. Uh, Jurassic Express then in the the penultimate match, Jurassic Express against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and Team Taz. Uh, Jurassic Express, another uh, team who, since winning the titles, have become lukewarm. But uh, this match was equally good. Uh, three teams who are all capable of putting it together. Very exciting. Another three-way. Any of those three-way matches are, like I said, are doing it for me. It seems um, like seems like to me that a huge amount of that um, tag division is just happening around the champions. Um, two pay-per-views in a row. Yeah. They've done this. Yeah, because um, like, it was Young Bucks and them. Red Dragon last time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was really surprised they retained here. I was I was leaning towards Team Taz getting a little bit of a bump with the belts. I think that would have been nice, but um, I don't know what they're doing with this Christian storyline. It seems like it's been building for he's got to turn a on year has to turn on Jungle Boy for getting pinned all the time soon, right? Like that's that's got to be what it is, right? The, but the problem is. Who cares? Yeah. You've done nothing with him for so long that if Christian eventually turns on him, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and stay. I'm not going to think, what a bastard. I love yeah. them champs. Yeah, you probably actually yeah. go, actually, yeah, you know what? You're right. What I would have turned on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, match was very good, nevertheless. Um, and then you had in the main event CM Punk winning the big one. Albeit only for a few days, so he's still still the champion technically. But uh, defeated Hangman Page in I thought what I thought was a very very good main event. Punker, uh, you can't do the bookshot, I'm afraid, brother. <laughs> Try as you might, even that one time he did get it on Dynamite or whatever yeah, a week a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it didn't didn't look right, and here it didn't get it at all. Um. Maybe he could have picked another of Hangman's finishers to kind of ape rather than that one. Um, Punk, even at his peak, was never the most athletic man. Yeah, I mean, they they used to talk about his educated feet, but uh, I think, you know, it was was all a lie. It was the local tech. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The spitting contests now with the local tech. Um, Yeah, I mean, Hangman's page now that... Hangman's page. Wow. Hangman's reign now that it's over... Uh, nothing special, I think. Certainly, the weakest of the champion uh, champions they've had, reign wise. I don't mean in terms of his wrestling ability or anything, but when you think yeah. back to the Jericho reign, you think back to the Moxley reign, the Omega oh, yeah. reign. They're always the focus of the show. They're always the most important thing. Uh, like you, like you were saying about uh, Jurassic Express, it seems like Dynamite was happening around Hangman as champion. Yeah. He never felt like the most important thing on the show. Um, so we'll see. I was going to say we'll see what CM Punk brings, but CM Punk, as we found out on Rampage, is uh, is injured, and they're going to be introducing uh, an interim champion in the most complicated way possible. Yeah, it seemed like uh, even as they were discussing that, no one really kind of knew what was going on. Um, Jericho was saying on commentary, "Oh, he's being stripped," and then it was oh, he's relinquishing the belt. Yeah, yeah. So what what is the situation? We have that there's gonna he's gonna be in, there's gonna be an interim champ crowned from 
Moxley is Moxley is number one contender, and then there's going to be a battle royal on Dynamite, yeah. and then whoever wins that battle royal will face Moxley, Moxley. on Dynamite. And will on they the be show. will they be crowned then, or did the no the person has to go and face Tanahashi at Forbidden Door? Is that not happened? Tanahashi? It's the winner of a Tanahashi Hiroko Goto match, which is happening June twelfth on New Japan Dominion. Okay, yeah, that is very complicated. Yeah, so a few questions, Tony, if you're listening. Uh, why don't you just do the number one contender versus the number one two contender? Yeah. <laughs> why is yeah. it complicated? Battle Royal, presumably they're doing a Battle Royal so some up-and-comer can get the rub like they did with Wheeler Yuta off a Moxie match, you know, do off we, a hard-fought Moxie match. Do we have a list of who's in it? Is that available yet? No. Like, they're not going to just jump the gun here and just throw Wardlow into it straight away, are they? Probably not. Good. Yeah, I think it's not not the time. No. Um, even before they announced this hugely convoluted thing, I was thinking, it doesn't make sense storyline-wise, but given he's the hottest thing right now, do you go the MJF route with it? Um, I don't know, but... I'm thinking they probably, in the Battle Royal, they do a, a young gun who's not, maybe not, I'm not talking about like a Dante Martin or someone, but someone who's on the precipice of getting there. And they get the rub off the Moxley match, a hard-fought match, which they lose. Yeah. Maybe like a, a Ricky Starks or a Powerhouse Hobbs or someone of that level. And then they can build someone then in that kind of... It's, it's, yeah. it's 100% going to be Moxley in the Forbidden Door match, which makes the yeah. Battle Royal seem very pointless. But... Um. Yeah, just a really weird roundabout way to to do it. Um, I think it was a bit overthought. Um, but we'll see. Uh, what way they do it. Um, let me just touch on Dynamite quickly. Dynamite. Dynamite was a very good show. I thought. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, let me bring it up here if I can find it. Uh, where are you? Yes. Dynamite and Rampage. So Dynamite opened with the uh, CM Punk and FTR uh, defeating Max Caster and the Ass Boys with uh, Anthony Bowens and and uh, Daddy Ass. Scissor me, Daddy Ass. Might be uh, my favorite. Uh, that's up there with um, cut, cut to shit uh, for Tony. Um, so not clear if Punk was injured during this match somewhere, but he did seem that it seemed like something was wrong, certainly towards the end. Um, I've seen it mentioned that when he jumped into the crowd at the beginning, that he seemed to be limping after that, or maybe it was a pre-existing injury or maybe something happened during the match. It's, it's, it's not entirely certain when he got hurt, but he was certainly able to wrestle here. Yeah. So you would think something happened during in the midst the, here. Yeah. Cause this was, this was Wednesday. And then by Friday, he's given up the belt. Um, match itself was very good. Gun Club, I previously have said, are no hopers, but I think they're kind of slowly getting there. Their Lovely. thing where they keep saying the wrong town is, uh, I find it's that very, very, funny. very funny. Yeah. Um, I think pairing them with the acclaimed was a good, a good pick as well. Love, love the acclaimed. Um, but yeah, match was match was very good. There was no sign that he was uh, going to have to 
you know, get surgery or anything at this point. Uh, Tanahashi made an appearance. It looked like they're going to do punk Tanahashi. That's obviously not on the table anymore. Um, we then had the MJF segment, and this has been the big talking point of the week. Is it a work? Is it a shoot? What's happening? Uh, I know we talked about this already in the week, yeah. but for the purposes of the listeners, um, what I was reminded of most when it came to this was a Power Slam review of from 2005, so we're going way back, when Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge, and that whole thing happened. Matt Hardy <laughs> got fired and then came back with his tail between his legs for Edge to beat him into submission in SummerSlam, and then he lost a loser leaves title match. What a mark. <laughs> anyway, Matt Hardy um, was fired. And then, you know, behind the scenes, there were, there were movements to bring him back, because obviously he, by virtue of being the victim, let's call it the victim of this triangle, he got super over suddenly, which they immediately decided, well, we're going to we're going to yeah, go with Edge. Edge is going to play with anyway, so we're going to try and transfer that heat to Edge. Uh, brought Matt Hardy back, and his first appearance back was portrayed as like a, a, a outsider run in and he attacked Edge and got the mic and said, Adam, Amy, you bastard, you whore. You see me on Ring of Honor. And then he got like grabbed by security. And of course, it was complete work. But um, the thing the Power Slam said about that was like, keep in mind that, okay, with with very few exceptions, nothing on a wrestling show gets on camera, gets on mic that wasn't intended to some extent. So for MJF to come out here and do a 10-minute segment. <laughs> yeah. In which, and let me just say as well, my my immediate interpretation of it was just looking at the way he was talking, the cadence with which he was talking, the way he was speaking was 100% wrestling promo. Even the bits where he was like screaming into the camera. He didn't sound like someone who was just saying what was on his mind in a real organic way. It felt like he was giving a wrestling promo, even though the content of the promo was a shoot. You know what I mean? Um, It was a promo in all sense of the the, the terms. And uh, yeah, and then they cut him off and they did, you know, I don't believe for a second that that it's a shoot. Um, As I said, there's exceptions. Yeah, I think it's a really um, interesting way for them to kind of go about this because, like, obviously the the parallels straight away go to the the pipe bomb, and then you you know yeah. you're thinking at this stage you're thinking well he's just after coming out of a feud with with Punk, and then Punk's now the champion, and like you know it, it, it apart from Punk's injury, it looks as that kind of writes itself, you know. Um, goes goes full circle to him versus punk with punk essentially in the john cena role from from money in the bank um yeah but i look i i thought it was fantastic tv um i it, it the <laughs> the f-bomb uh absolutely caught me by surprise i was not <laughs> seeing that it came through so loud as well censored on itv but uh yeah it came, came through on 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 fight and i, I watched it on online and uh yeah <laughs> not something you're expecting to hear on your wrestling show no uh i think the only other time was moxley when he came back that one time uh someone shouted something in the crowd hey go fuck yourself get that guy out of here that was it um no the delivery unquestionably 
was excellent. And I think he's... I, I, I don't even want to say one of them. I think he's probably the best promo guy in the biz. And I hate people who say this business. I think I, I mentioned that before. That's one of my pet peeves. Johnny Mark on Twitter. This business, folks. <laughs> but I think in wrestling, he's, he's probably the best. The best promo, Barnum. It was really uh, interesting si- verbiage as well, you know, to 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 specifically call out the the ex WWE guys, especially when you know all of the the dirt sheet stuff has been that there's been issues there for 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 months, and what's his contract mm. going to be? And I have to say, I, I know you guys spoke about it last week, and I, I'm kind of a hundred percent in agreement that like if you're going to give him more money, he needs to sign for longer. Like, there's no reason otherwise. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine, like presumably, this whole story means a deal has been done. Of a deal has course. been struck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that the the I I, I thought it was completely enthralling as well. Uh, I think to an extent, I know some people have said, well, it, it kind of takes the heat off wardlow and his win from the previous week but i also think to some extent it um refuels mjf after what was a pretty lackluster showing at pay-per-view but although i enjoyed it like i said i found it very enthralling very interesting where it goes next uh there's also the part of me that thought you know thinks of wcw 2000 vince russo i'm saying my name that that's how you know it's a shoot brother this is Max Friedman talking. Yeah. Um, which, you know, comes off super lame. Um, and you know, there's something to be said for when when something in wrestling feels real. Yeah. When you can really buy into it. Well, I know this is fake, and I know this is fake, but was that real? That's when the best moments and the best storylines happen. When there's some kernel of truth to it, whether it's worked or not. However, when you start doing, you know, the guy in the back won't pay me enough, who's Tony to this point, not really an on-screen character, uh, definitely it shouts out to me like Vince Russo type storytelling, which I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. That being said, I, I'm I'm willing, more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Generally, their storytelling has been really consistently good to this point. Uh, so let's see where it goes. But. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you do go with this MJF Tony Khan feud. Yeah, well, they're they're definitely all in on it because you know they have him removed from the website, removed his merch from the store, and yeah. you know they 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 have uh, you know everyone else in the back is saying they didn't know what was going to happen, and then well, that's the other thing, right? Is if it's a work, what's the benefit to fooling the boys? Yeah, you know, working the boys. I I would. Think that that would only cause frustration. I don't know if you saw. I still, the, I still don't think it's a shoot. I don't think it's no, a shoot. Well, I don't know if you saw the see the footage of um, when they had you know uh, cut to cut to black and went to commercial. The footage of uh, Punk coming out with his one boot on. He came down to the ring, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Matt Jackson standing in the in the uh, in the tunnel as well, looking out. They're basically uh, just that's how you know it's a shoot, on. brother. When when Matt Jackson appears. <laughs> Uh, never mind saying your name. Matt Jackson's a true giveaway. Um, yeah, I mean, look, ultimately, it's a TV show. 
and they they want to get viewers and they want to get buzz. Obviously, the talk it's been the talk of the town, and I'm interested to see what happens next. I'm going to tune in. So even on that foundational level, it's worked. Whatever yeah. the objective was, definitely agree. Um. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see more of this Max Friedman guy around. <laughs> I love that he's like, this is Max Friedman talking, which is also the character. <laughs> but anyway. um, what else do we have then? Um, I, yeah, I also enjoyed when he said, you fucking Mark at the end, which is very funny. Um, also, a good line was that I don't got... Uh, you know, you're. I'm. I'm safe. Not like these other guys. I don't got to do a lot of bullshit <laughs> to make you feel that way. Very good. Although there's also something we said about uh, that kind of talk about how I'm. I'm a safe wrestler. I'm not. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I think like that. that like the the money part is the like you know that's to me that's the bit to focus on. Fuck all these guys that are coming in that you're paying more money. I've been They're paying more money. Yeah, that should be it. Don't mind the rest of that. Like, yeah. Um, and then closing off an absolute banger of an opening hour, we had Johnny Elite make his way to the ring. Speaking of guys fucking kicking the arse out the door, I was like, oh, here we fucking go, Johnny Elite. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's his mystery opponent? It's fucking Miro. Yes, Miro is back. Uh, I've never been so, I've never gone from so downtrodden to so happy in, in a single segment. Poor Johnny, um, though. He's just going to forever be the journeyman jobber now that never. That's what he is, though. He, he isn't him. better than that level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, in Lucha Underground and Impact, he kind of reached the pinnacle, but, you know, is he ever realistically going to amount to anything, especially at, his, at the age he's at as well? He's like his prime years of behind yeah. at this stage. Uh, so Miro came out, beat the fuck out of him. Thank God. Um, gave him the old game over for the wins. Really happy to see Miro back. Hopefully, knock on wood, he sets his sight on the old TNT title. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Beat Scorpio in a two-minute squash. Oh, I'd love it. Um, Jericho Appreciation Society were out. Uh, William Regal then came out and did the old war games. Except he said buttons, but, yeah, fantastic. Uh, doesn't quite the same ring to it. <laughs> Um, they need to figure out a way around that so he can say something that sounds like war games and then say blood and guts. Uh, you know, you, you've you've played some games with us fellows. Now you're going to play more games with <laughs> blood and guts. Something like that. I don't know. Be creative with it. Um. Anyway, they have a blood and guts match, and then they also announced that Jericho and Ortiz are going to have a hair, hair versus hair, hair match. match. Yeah. Brother, when I saw Jericho at the pay-per-view with the old Friar Tuck I was, spot. I was just going to say that it has to be Jericho shaving his head because he's realized how thin he's got on top. Yeah, it's got to be that. It was so funny at the pay-per-view that he, we got a flash of like proper nothing on top. Uh, he must have seen it and said, right, time to, to, time to let it head. go. Uh, there's no way Ortiz is losing that lovely head of hair he's got. And I think Jericho, at least for the character he's doing, I think it'll add to it if he's got a lovely, shiny dome. And he can wear a little wizard. I, I have to say, I, I love that I'm a wizard. That's my uh, that's my new favorite catchphrase. I just think he, how he just continues to come up with ridiculous things like that. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I also liked how... Uh, you know, he 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 talked about Eddie Kingston. What kind of man would try and set someone on fire when uh, he has been doing that 
uh, the last few weeks as well. I thought that was very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good segment. Um, and then we had a, a big 10-man tag. Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Hikaleo against Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Darby, and Matt Hardy. Uh, again, very good yeah, fun. Fantastic. These, uh, yeah, fantastic. These multi-man matches they do always, always work. Um, um, highlight for me was when uh, Hikaleo tried to absolutely kill himself. He uh, dived head first <laughs> and just landed straight on his head outside the ring. He's <laughs> a big Shades man. Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, he's a big rat. Yeah. Yeah, Hikaleo, I don't, think was, I don't think it was very good, but it was funny when he landed on his head. Uh, hopefully he's all right. Uh, Athena was out then. They set up a, what looks like a six-woman tag match. Uh, Athena does that thing though that that a lot of the women do these days, where their promos are all passive aggressive sarcasm. <laughs> oh, you think that, do you? Oh, well, duh, 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 duh. and they, they, that's they they have full conversations that are just being sarcastic to each other. <laughs> um, very odd. Uh, I, I feel like that's an NXTism that a lot of people have got. It's like a bad habit. Uh, Wardlow had his little squash match. Um, he got his big win against MGF, and then immediately he gets a, a squash match against JD Drake. Nothing. Yeah. And then Max Sterling comes out to serve him papers. What a lame follow-up to his big win this was. Yeah. He should have been coming out, and that that 10-man tag that was on, he should come out and beat the fuck out of the 10 of them. Yeah, is he just going to continue uh, beating up security? That's going to be the story? I mean, No, well, you got to move past that. you got to move on from that. As much as I loved it, yeah, you got to move on. Can't do that anymore. Um, uh, Ruby and Tony defeated Britt and Jamie. Again, not much to that. Uh, and then Moxley Garcia, which was a very good main event, I thought. Um, Moxley uh, getting opened right back up and bleeding everywhere. Yeah, hard way. Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, stitches he he had from from the previous. Yeah, night. Garcia headbutted them in the stitches. Yeah. They're obviously trying to. To get the old hard way juice. Um, and it worked, and he was bleeding all over the place. Not necessary for TV, just for me. I, 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 think I, lo- I love it on, on, on a pay per view and all, but geez, just ev- every week, there's no need. I think it's a bit Well, it's specifically, it's specifically a Moxley Garcia match, which I understand they're, they're building to blood and guts, but wasn't it Cody? Look, we love Cody Rhodes, but wasn't it Cody for a few weeks that he just, he'd have a match with. Peter Avalon, and he'd be gigging five minutes into it. Yeah, off with, his, with his blonde hair and all as well, doing the <laughs> Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think on TV you need to be sparing with it. Use it for Has enhancing. Special. Yeah, yeah, like enhancing an angle where there's like a big attack leading to a very important match. Like it's already been established. We just ha- we just had a match last night, last well, the night prior to this, where. Everyone was bleeding all over the place, blah, blah, blah. and and they're going to have a blood and guts match. Okay, we don't need to be bleeding in this one too, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, very, very, very good show. Yeah. Uh, Rampage fun. also opened with a very good match. Young Bucks, Lucha Bros. I'd watch these guys have matches for the rest of my life, and I'd be happy with it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Young Bucks in their hometown with the. Uh, California pants on and even down to <laughs> uh, matching California uh, Nike dunks on as well. So yeah, um, yeah no, that was that was a cool touch. And uh, you look, yeah, just fan- I mean, like, I know some people kind of have issues with with that kind of a match where it's uh, you know 
essentially yeah and it's so many spots in a row and that kind of thing but yeah i I could watch that all day as well that was fantastic (laughs) yeah uh panda's mask came off at the end we saw his little his little hair and that um i i do enjoy when they when they unmask the boys bit of crack um powerhouse <laughs> very funny powerhouse hobbs and ricky starks had a match against two jobbers yeah they didn't even get their name or anything uh no the and they there. tried to they tried to play a, a pre-taped promo from powerhouse hobbs and starks but they, they, they started attacking the jobbers they didn't get a chance to play it. and then when they did play it the match was over <laughs> before the promo ended they're just already on their way to the back uh very funny um Love Starks and Hobbs, great team. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get elevated up the card. A lot of great teams. That's why I think they need to introduce those trios titles because there's too many good tag teams around. Um, some of the translate some of them into trios and get a trios division going. Uh, Athena and Kira Hogan, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, like I was, we said earlier, Athena, very good performance. I think she's someone that's going to really benefit that division. Uh, Punk had his little sad promo then, little teary promo. He, he's hurt. He has to uh, give up the belt or not. It wasn't really clear from his <laughs> promo. I don't think he did a good job of explaining what yeah. was happening. Uh, he said, I was going to give the, the, the belt back, but Tony Khan said, Sam Punk, I believe in you. And then he never explained what that meant. <laughs> yeah, a, little, a little bit confusing. Certainly the commentators were confused by it, which... You know, that's that's kind of an indictment about AEW is that nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, you, you would think there would be a little bit of pre-discussion with the commentators. Here's what's happening. Obviously, a lot of this was happening on the fly. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I yeah. think that, I mean, there's, there's still got to be, like, surely they have someone in their ear. And I mean, like, they have monitors in front of them. Send them through something. Like, I think it's, I, I don't think them not knowing i don't think that's really good enough this day and age yeah i mean i think the fact that they're trying to explain i think they were getting it in their ears and trying to translate that and it didn't make a lick of sense someone needed to run out with just an a4 page yeah try in front of them read verbatim this note um and it, need, it could have been as simple as you know um cm punk is not relation relinquishing the title we're doing an interim championship keep an eye on social media for more details yeah. you know we don't need to have Excalibur do his machine gun million words a second explanation of what's happening because he was confused about it he didn't know what was happening either uh, and then we had a match main event Scorpio Sky Dante Martin which is kind of a, a nothing match I didn't buy for a second Martin was going to win the title and, I thought um, it was I thought it was a good match, but yeah, pointless. Like yeah. <laughs> Scorpio Sky got injured in it as well. Not been a good week on the injury front for, for AW, unfortunately. Um and that was the wrestling for the week. Well, what about um the the big event Raw? You, no no there's the, the paper movie <laughs> uh, I don't know if you see, I actually only just came across this because I uh, still like uh, you know I think I'm I'm the fucking mark I, I'm still paying for the the network um, and uh, just realised that uh, Hell in a Cell is tonight believe it or not it is apparently Cody is injured that's just come in as we've been recording this he's apparently torn his peck. Oh, and he was meant to be in a Hell in a Cell match with Rollins, uh, I think. He's still expected for Hell in a Cell. I'm not sure um, what his uh, 
ability to work is going to be. But I mean, apparently, if he has a torn injured. pec and he did it, did it weightlifting. I, I know from from when when I was Experience. bodybuilding, I've seen people that have done that. Um, he's not going to be able to move. You know, he's going to be in a bad, bad way if that's what's happened. That yeah. that'll be out for six months. Yeah, that's Melzer reporting that. I'll uh, keep an eye on um, Fightful's feed. They're usually good for reporting yeah. on these things. Um. But yeah, you gonna you gonna check out Hell in a Cell? I don't remember the last good Hell in a Cell that happened, uh, and I'm talking about a match, not pay per view. Maybe Undertaker Lesnar in 2016. When did they have their their last Hell in a Cell? Was there one? Yeah, there was a there was a Reigns Lesnar one. I think at one stage that wasn't too bad. Um... 2015 was Lesnar Undertaker. I thought that was a really good one. That kind of went away to justify the the WrestleMania 30 stinker they had. Um, this now I'm just having a look at this card. I again I, I might check out uh, highlights or something, but um, this is an absolute. You're not you're not going to watch Madcap Moss against Happy Corbin. Is <laughs> no holds barred. So could be something. <laughs> <laughs> I got a second. Um, yeah, look, this is an absolutely nothing show. Um, <laughs> there's not even a, there's not even a world championship match on it. So nope. Um, nah. They've, there's one Hell in Cell match though, which is at least an improvement when they used to do like three on a show. Yeah, but they, they're not doing so a women's overkill. one because some of the women's ones have been pretty good. Um, but okay. that, yeah, Bianca, Oscar, and Becky, like. That could have been good in a in a cell match, but yeah. Um, Owens versus Ezekiel, uh, Lashley versus Omos, <laughs> and MVP in a handicap match. Yeah, because that feud must continue. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, that that'll be a nope for me on that one. Um, and of course you have Liv Morgan, who's now in the Bullet Club, if you believe Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan versus The Judgment Day. Yeah, Ray Ripley. Uh, in a six-man tag, which, you know, historically, six-man tags have been good, if you listen to me. And then Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Theory, which I know we harp on about people, you know, changing people's names and so on. Uh, but Theory, I think, is a particularly bad one. Yeah. Because Theory is just, it's just a word. It's not even a name. Was the... Um... I, I think I saw some like kayfabe story about that. That the reason that uh, Vince Austin, wanted to change because yeah. of Austin. Yeah, I mean, well, th- no, they did that. Yeah, they did that on the show. They explained the okay. way. Okay, that's a bit whatever. Uh, the irony is that Cody Rhodes was just Cody for the longest time at AEW. Why don't they revert back to that? You're just Cody yeah. again, like the good old days. Um. Why, yeah, am I mean, I, why am I paying for this shit? <laughs> I only actually I, I realized it the other day because uh, one of one of my friends uh, has has been using my my password on it, and I was like, like he's been sharing sharing the account with me for uh, like I don't know five years, and then I realized, wow, I've had this since it started. So I've given them a thousand euro on this shite, like. So, yeah, you could have bought no PS5s for that because they're not available. Yeah. Okay, well, I will. I will certainly not be checking that out. Uh, I'm. I might 
if I'm really feeling it, I might look up the results in the morning. Yeah. Um, You're not actually, gonna... I'm not even worried. Stay up, watch it live. I'll give you Maybe my I'll just watch it. Give me, give me my <laughs> password. You can, you can watch it. You're you're kind of talking me into. It. I just I just remembered I don't work in the morning, but I do have Top Gun in the morning, so we'll see. Um. Anyway, I think that's everything uh, that we have to cover. It's been a long one, but a good one, I think. Um, Stephen, while you're here, do you want to give out any pluggies? Uh, no, Where can people look, find you. Uh, it's it's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, you of course. Can, uh, if you want to, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Stephen Dunn. Um, that's it. I don't really use my Twitter very much, so <laughs> yeah. Instagram is where it's at anyway. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a different week this week. I just I just felt like. Uh, you know, like Vince McMahon would shake things up. Um, we're speaking of Vince McMahon. Did you see that um, Pat McAfee interview a few weeks ago? I think I mentioned, I might have mentioned this on the show already, so sorry if I did. But just how gravelly his voice has gotten to the point that you can b- barely understand yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, quite, quite frankly, oh, Pat. Well, well, well. Like, God, talk like a human. What's happened to you? Is he 76 now? Is that something like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I don't know who's going to take over there because I know uh... he might be Ric Flair's mystery opponent. Who knows? <laughs> um, right, we will close it out there for uh, this show. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, listened. We'll have the regular cast back hopefully next week. We'll, I know Joe's already watched Top Gun, so we'll definitely have some Top Gun talk. I'm going to see it tomorrow, so we'll have reviews on that. Anyway, it's goodbye from Stephen. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye.